right. Currently. Yeah, it's like everybody gather around grandpa's. I tell you about the time that pandas were in, introduced <laughs> to World of Warcraft. You know? They tell you about how Grandpa though. Rage quit the game for two years while I kept playing. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed the course and he was a whiny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Smorg. Joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. Oh, they had it muted. There we go. Unmuted now. See oh, now. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> high production here, man. We were we're getting paid the big bucks. All right. Uh, also, welcome back. The, the, the Nathan Napalm. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. And uh, with his mistress in the background. Welcome back. Daedalus. Greetings. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Before we dig in today, got to give a shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, over YouTube and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this party's bags packed. Provision stock for all adventures here on the show. Also, um, got to shout out everybody that's literally been <laughs> with me the past few days because we've been dug into V Rising and I'm, I'm running on I'm running on fumes and we're not done yet. We're going to pick up and talk about V Rising real soon. Uh, Might have been today's namesake uh, just a bit. But also, uh, before we start the show, um, if you want to support this show, this podcast, please consider going over to our uh Twitter over at the LFM show. Look for the pin post right there. You will see all of the podcast places. You'll see an iTunes link. Click it. Go over there. Give us a five star review. Leave us a um, comment on there. We'll read it here on the show. You can also call in if you like. We haven't had one in a bit. We had Armored Cell not too long ago, um, but you can call in over at 1 539 664 6801. Leave us a voice message, and if it's appropriate, we'll play it. Um, you can also shoot some mail to us at the LFM show at gmail.com. All right. We actually have quite a loaded set of bullet points. I didn't expect that we were going to have this much today. Um, we're still going to try to keep this one r at least around two and, and not too much higher because. Um, Lies, deception. I'm gonna try. I don't. I don't know how much I can argue with people today when the the show title is literally called Casting Coffin. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. I think thank uh, Daedalus for that one. He came up with it, and uh, it's uh, ringing true. I, although I gotta say, I'm noticing a whole lot of. Praise our Dark Lord narratives <laughs> that have been happening on Discord and stuff. Uh, Daedalus, you're instigating some of those, by the way. What was that, Dark Overlord? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, we uh, we we actually been playing V-Rising. Uh, as I said before, we, we do our community nights every Friday. We did some City of Heroes last week. Um, we kind of have this uh, routine now, and it's cool because we got a few games. We're doing like City of Heroes. We're doing Lord of the Rings Online, which is it's not it's not off the agenda. But right now, V-Rising has got us all by the nostalgia balls, if you will, or whatever we want to call it. Um, it. It feels really good. I I, I was. 
I'm going to tell you, man, I was really unsure about that game uh, because of um, it being isometric. I wasn't sure if a survival game was going to was going to feel good. There's a couple things that don't really quite uh, I guess they kind of drive me nuts a little bit. And it's not that they're absent. It's just you can't see them from that perspective. And it's like, you know, that perspective of your builder's place, you kind of kick back, you look at it, you can see the roof, you can see the whole the whole make of it with the landscape, but you can't really so much an isometric. Now, if you do get high ground over part of your base that you're building or whatever, you can totally see that. And it it looks really cool. Super Gothic. Um, But it's really well done. Uh, A lot of people have been referencing it as, um, this is the, the dumbest thing I've heard so far. And it's like the, the vampire Valheim. And I'm like, have you all played any other ones? I don't know. Minecraft freaking, Right there's Valheim, but there's also Conan Exile. I don't know a big one, Ark, for example. The game feels good. I know Daedalus has been playing it, but we are, man, we we turned our community today tomorrow into that because we have just, I I rolled a server for us. We've got like, I don't know, like at least 12 people in there, maybe more now within the past couple days. Actually hooked up a community member here with a key the devs gave to me to give away, which was really great. Um, holy shit it's you know it's good when i get i can't stop playing it i'm just like i'm fiending for it when we get done today my shit's gonna be sitting there on the back burner editing i'm gonna be in there like doing my thing like i need my fix i need to feed yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to live through you guys on that one i don't Fuck. I, I only do vampires if i'm killing them. You know? it's it's weird nathan dude so i was like this felt really wrong in a lot of ways so i'm running around there's areas that are absolutely light bringer right but they're okay. the enemy and i'm like yeah. rolling through there and i'm like oh my god this is so cool and i'll like get charred by the sun and it feels like lights justice is legit legit being like focused down on me or you know an ant under a magnifying glass not really too sure which it is you could pick which one but uh, dude the 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 theme of the enemies which are totally light bringers feels super pallid and it feels really good there's a part of me that's like like can i change can they cleanse me of this and i can flip over because that's kind of cool but i know it'll never happen um yeah I got to say the thing about this game that actually I love the most though, is you have to, this, you have skills. It feels very battle, right? In some ways, which was their MOBA game, right? Um, that Stunlock studios did or still is out there or whatever. Um, but I love that you've got to go hunt specific things, creatures, bosses, whatever, and essentially defeat them in combat, then feed on them in order to acquire a skill and, or, uh, you know, like crafting stations or or things like that, like wolf forms, bear forms, like all of that stuff. Like that's such a nice, interesting spin on survival. And I wasn't sure about I- isometric, but it it feels good, man. It actually feels pretty good. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Real real talk. I, I thought it it could be fun to check out, but I'm actually enjoying it like tons more than I thought I would. So there you go. Oh, is yeah. it is it officially out or is it in some kind of early uh, access? Yeah. yeah, early access. Yeah, although it's like nineteen ninety nine and early access. Yeah, like I a, mean it's like for twenty bucks. You it's know, a lot. You can get a lot of play out of it. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're kind of, I'm kind of dug into that one. I'm, 
it's it's a little concerning for me <laughs> because <laughs> because it, two nights in a row, 12 to 1, 1 30 in the morning, I'm getting done and I'm going, you went back to back all day on stuff and things and it's late. And I don't know if I can, my legs feel stiff. Like this is not a good, <laughs> I got to get up, drink more water, uh, need to walk around a little bit more, but I just can't seem to get enough of the damn thing. Um, but, you know. Like any survival game, you'll get to the point where you've kind of done it all, the majority of it, and it'll sort of be chilling there until there's like an update, which is going to be cool because I think we're going to get to that point <laughs> relatively soon here. I think we're probably going to get to that point in like probably weeks, maybe a month or something like that, I would say, for the majority of us. Yeah, at um, that rate, yeah. At that rate. Um, but it'll be cool to jump in and play sometimes and rotate it in for community nights or or whatever, so... I'm pretty happy, dude. That means I've got three games I can enjoy jumping into right now. Three to four, actually, including Elden Ring. Three community-oriented yeah. and one sort of solo play for the most part. So, Have have, either, have any of you beat Elden Ring completely yet? Or nah. are you still just all plugging away at it? I'm taking my sweet-ass time and enjoying the ride, man. Yeah, I'm not yeah, any me too. Yeah. I'm literally not in any rush with that. I, I, I legit want that to take me, like, probably a year. Real talk. Like, yeah, I have a, a good friend who beat it the other day, and he was, like, sad about it. He was like, oh, see oh, what I mean, man, dude? Over. <laughs> I don't want to be there soon. That's what I'm... Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. We all need plus a good game, world game. Plus, the game just halts you sometimes, you know? You're like, <laughs> well, that's all I can do now. Uh, let me uh, <laughs> play for a little while and uh, get my confidence levels back all up right. again. All right. Um... Yeah, I, we're, we're not going to hit so much of the catching up in the week, I think, this time, because we got so much to dig into. Um, let's hit on some things that I feel like are potentially rant-worthy in the sense, like, are you kidding me, sort of. I Can anybody take Star Citizen announcements seriously anymore? I just want to ask you, like, real talk, real, no. real question. Real talk, I can yeah. say that I thoroughly enjoy their newsletter updates because those are jam-packed with actual production updates. And I, I've never seen them not have a good you know, newsletter. Like They're always doing something, making forward progress. They're never fluff. However, I can't take anything Chris Roberts says yeah. seriously because all he does is continually come up with reasons why it's going to take another two years yeah. for the game to come out. And it's like, it's buddy – I've always been in the camp of I'll play it when it's out. I'm only in it for 40 bucks. But at some point, I'll give Pantheon a pass yeah. for taking 10 fucking years because we've got some people who are like, you know, some who are part time, some who are full time. They yeah. don't have hundreds of millions of dollars. It's yep. 10 or 15 people, whatever the case may be. I'll give them a pass for taking 10 years. But when you've got a multiple studios around the world, a team of 250, 300 people, and you've raised mm -hmm. close to $400 million fuck off with your 10 year development seriously cycle. there is even cyberpunk 2077 took nine years right right yeah. and 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 you've crossed that threshold just fucking release the game already like so yeah. no you know. I, I feel that way about a lot of studios too i feel like a lot of studios are just like hey you know they they put so much effort time and money and and uh resources into a game and then it releases and it gets like a lukewarm reception it's right. like well did you have to do all that you know what i mean like couldn't you have just made a game that was an improvement over your last one still sticks with the fundamentals that made your last one good and i like to talk about elder scrolls man come on mm -hmm. come on 
There's no way they're going to be able to make it as good as long as we've waited and dreamed about what the next Elder yeah. Scrolls will be. There's no way they can even meet those expectations now. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, Star Citizen is a. Uh, um, I feel like they're at that point now where it's like, why would they release the game? Right? Like they right. make so much money off of the updates and and uh, dragging people along that like, should they ever release the game at this point? Imagine the Speaking. development timeline being your your game yeah well that's that's a legitimate thing i mean it could turn out to be the first game that never actually reaches a launched state and it's just a perpetual universe that's continually evolving over the next 20 30 years it very well could evolve into that um and and i don't see that being a sustainable model for most games but it could prove to be its own thing kind of like world of warcraft has proven to be its own sort of beast over the years and that it just brings up so it brings in so much fucking money yeah. that they can they can just keep on whatever. doing whatever they want to do for as long as they want because it's mm-hmm. never going to run out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many people with that game too. We've talked about like the no data list and I and Nathan and maybe maybe I've said that with you here too, Renfell. But you know that game's one that's like the IP's built such a fan base across multiple products and and you know generations generations i mean if you internationally yeah and if you think like imagine people around my age or even older who've got kids and some of those kids potentially already got grandkids yeah like real talk right if you're if you're getting busy in the young and age like you're you know around 20 21 you know and you you have kids like you're talking you know grandparents their kids and then their grandkids potentially that are getting exposed to because blizzard's like mid making its way into the younger generation domain for a while now too like so it's you know so even if that's not the case like it's still part of the family culture isn't it it's it's like the thing that the family talks about that they share that they've been in on and you got all the people that enjoy that universe and so and you think about like world of warcraft specifically when those individuals have been playing that for so long you kind of have to think about that. Like, okay, so they've been playing for ages now. They got tons of money invested in this. Why, why yeah. go anywhere, man? You've dug in so yeah. deep. It's like Star Citizen feels like that, but only in development, right? Currently. Yeah, it's like everybody gather around grandpas. I tell you about the time that pandas <laughs> were in, introduced to World of Warcraft. You know, you tell you about how Grandpa though. Rage quit the game for two years while I kept playing. <laughs> I stayed the course, and he was a whiny bitch. <laughs> I mean, something that I mean, because literally, these some of these games like Warcraft's been out for uh, 15, 20, almost twenty years. It's I think almost, 20, almost twenty years. 20 now. years it's about now. twenty, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it has. It's not showing any signs of slowing down. I mean, nope. we could. I mean, even EverQuest still has like a hundred thousand paying subscribers right. who yeah. keep it going past. It's been like twenty three expansions or something like that. You know, it's like, I mean, what are these games going to look at when they hit the thirty year mark? You know, right, will dude. they still be maintaining the neckbeard population who refuse to go anywhere else? Like, yeah, yeah, they're going to maintain For, all their dwarven princesses or. Goddamn right. Uh, oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> neckbeards, hey man, neckbeards of all genders need love too. I'm just saying. <laughs> you mentioned Elder Scrolls, Nathan. Um, did you all see that news? I don't have a link to share with everybody. Oh, yes. But oh, yeah. the guy that they plays Pippin, I forget way. his name. Yeah. The guy, the guy that played Pippin in Lord of the Rings is also on the, what is it called? The Onion. The, the something Onion. Friendship Onion. Thank Friendship you. The Onion. Friendship Onion, which is the two Hobbit guys. Uh, Mary and Pippin. Dominic. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mary and Pippin have a podcast and mm-hmm. I've, I've only caught a couple episodes, but they're pretty, I've, I'm subscribed to it, mm-hmm. but I haven't watched them all. Um, they're pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad, but I mean, it's there, there's every year they got a new thing last year with, um, with that expansion, it was basically getting Matthew Keefe, who's the lead singer for Trivium to do a bunch of like really rockish sort of stuff engaged in there. Um, you know, like engage in live streams, like like a big metal feel to it, playing it, you know, playing with them and everything the year before that they were pulling back cypher PK right around, around the game because he was big in Fortnite. So they had him sort of him. He was one of the ones promoting the game that year. Cause he used to play it. You know what I mean? So you got like every year you're getting somebody noteworthy to come in and sort of like shout the game out and to to make it sort of their promotion point. Relevant yeah. again. Influencer it, campaigns it, for the win. It just it gets old with the Elder Scrolls online, dude. It's it's boring. It's it's sad. It's kind of pathetic to me at this point. Like all they all they're doing this for is their shop. That's it. The game content is more and more lackluster. And if you need evidence of that when it comes to the direction that story's been going recently like i was really not happy with the way the last expansion went either so aside from their ceo creative director sorry creative director kind of saying some really dumbass shit right rich lambert like when he went and he was saying all that toxic shit about community members who literally had concerns about the game when you do that i'm like dude when you badmouth and shit on your own community like that and laugh about it sorry no respect don't want to have anything to do with this Right. Yeah. Not going to do it. Right. And on top of that, when you, you're saying the same thing to people about performance issues for year after year after year after year after year, and you got another excuse for it. And then all you're focusing on is a cash shop and the game content becomes more and more lackluster at best. Like the story well, for the last expansion, dude, the Deadlands, like that was sucky the way that went. At least at least they have game content because star citizen doesn't even have game content, and yeah. a lot of people yeah. will say yes the it world's does. pretty we have all these it's pretty and you have ships and people can fly around and have space combat and there's a handful of missions but you have one base mm. and like a handful of, that's not content. not a game it's just, man not, it's not, not a game me. yet so not, you're not so reflective very, of your vision yeah at the very least um elder scrolls online has a backbone of a game behind the cash shop where star citizen is yeah. just the cash shop and some pretty stuff behind it. Um, right. It's one of the concerns that people with have with Ashes, though, because of their monthly cosmetics and stuff. I had a whole talk about this, like, last... Was it last week we did? I think it was last week. Kind of talked about been, it. Yeah. Kind of ranted about it and stuff, so I totally get it. But, you know, it's just like, dude, I'm kind of I'm kind of over this, this, like, nostalgia bait to take from your coin purse approach. It's like over and over and over and over and over. I won't. I don't even want to do it. You know, I, I don't want to do yeah. it. So I'm playing, you know, games like Lord of the Rings Online and freaking City of Heroes and V Rising because it, that shit's not there. Not really. Not the same way you see it. Um, Nathan yeah, brought up a good point, I, though. I'll oh, go ahead. I was going to say Lord of the Rings, however, up until update 33, it very much was a nickel and dime. Mm. Fuck you, yeah. cash shop that a lot of people had a hard time swallowing because they didn't have an all-in-one inclusive pack. You had to individually buy all of the, the expansions up until like last year. They finally gave you an all-in-one for sixty, but that only got you to Moria, and then you still had to pay individually for the next three expansions beyond Mor- right. uh, Mordor. Sorry, not Moria. Mordor, yeah. Um, so they were very bad about nickel dime. True. For everything. But 
I will say that with update 33, which came during the 15th year anniversary yep. last month, it is now up to a modern standard of having mm. a shitload of good content for free. Absolutely. They got rid of all the nickel and dime stuff. You get all the premium classes, all the premium races are included now, all the way up to Helm's Deep for free. Oh. Finally, but Look that took points a are more long relevant now. time. Yeah, it took a long time to get there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 before we move too far away from Elder Scrolls, uh, yeah. this is where I thought you were going to talk about Simurg. Uh, oh. There was a leak on uh, for Elder Scrolls uh, earlier today um, mm. that they are actually releasing another version of Skyrim. No, you're kidding. You are, serious. you are joking, bro. You got to be no, kidding. It'll make sense when I tell you what no. it is. Like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to do that. Come you on. You tell me you're fucking with I'm, me. You're bullshitting me. No, not, is this a I'm Nathan not. Troll moment? No, no, this is true. Oh, God, okay. Because there, there is one thing they haven't done yet. They haven't released Skyrim <laughs> Anniversary Edition with fishing, etc. on the Switch. So oh, that's coming as its own standalone product. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. They they have that's they haven't done it yet. So this is why it leaked today, and then they took out. it down. But like, yeah, they're definitely going to do that because the Switch doesn't even have mods. Oh my god! So it sold a crap load of copies. It still does. Um, it's still full price. I mean, that was a launch title. Um, so yeah, they're definitely doing that. So we got another we got another version of Skyrim. Going. <laughs> Which speaking of Skyrim, by the way, I've been playing a, a a modded i now i'm up to like 240 mods holy crap um, what and it looks you know what it probably Crazy. looks better than the, the real elder scrolls 6 it probably looks better than that one look <laughs> it looks nuts <laughs> i'm just i'm over here going like oh my god this is reality isn't it we are yeah recycling the same bullshit Yep. Over and over me. and over. Because I totally saw like yesterday, the day before on social media, like they're they're redoing Shit. the Goonie. Like they, they can't stop redoing everything. Everything. Um, everything yep. is a remake, right? Or, you know, just a new or just yeah. a straight re-release. Exactly. Or re-release. Like like Chris and I we had to go I had to go to this big city last week to do my uh updates with the immigration office and um Took a bus up there, and when you're on a bus or anything like that, whatever movie's playing is the movie you watch, right? Mm-hmm. And it had um, it was the the latest Invisible Man. It oh, was one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever it's, seen. It's horrible, and we're dude. forced to watch it because you can't mute the audio, oh, and it's just geez. there on the screen and funny. So you're just sitting there like there's nothing. I just have I'm forced to watch this thing, and it's the one with the actors from Handmaid's Tale, which I actually like that oh. show. Chris and I like that show on Hulu. Um, and it's that actress with a bunch of other no-name actors. Um, it was honestly one of the worst films I've ever been forced to suffer through. And I was just sitting here going, I liked the Kevin Bacon version from – with it was Kevin Bacon and the chick from Back to the Future. I can't remember her name, the blonde girl. Um, that was actually kind of a fun film, like late 90s, early aughts. And then that in itself is based on a comic book, which in and of itself is based on the book by H.G. Wells. Like, yeah, good stuff. Iterations, you know, and it's like – when I saw that they were redoing, they're going to revamp the Goonies and they're going to do it. They're going to reboot the Goonies. And I would just went, why? There are some films I just feel like. Yeah. Like the boys, you know, or or not the boys. That's the Amazon show. What am I thinking of? Warriors, I think is the one. Warriors, come out and play. Oh, wait. You're talking about the one from um, like the 80s. Oh, my uh, God. I watched that the other day, dude. It was such a good. That's it's it was a great such like a, post-apocalyptic like yes. weird sci-fi like those types of films don't need to be remade like right imagine if someone remade 
Braveheart. Like, <laughs> I don't think I would watch that because the no, original Braveheart man. was it's a classic, good enough film. Like, yeah, and like the Goonies, the eighties, the the thing that would date it is part of its charm. Yes. So like. You take that away, and I just kind of don't care anymore, you know? I don't um, either, yeah. So lame, a, dude. Well, I tell you what, though. It still is better than – remember back when George Lucas was obsessed with just adding new cinematics to st- the old oh, Star Wars? God, talking about the 90s. Oh, he wouldn't quit. No, he would not quit. He just kept adding, like, Stop you know, it. oh, I got to make I gotta make Han Solo step over John Like, come on, dude, what do you do? You know, what it's really funny. I watched, I watched that the other day, and I was like, is, is there a version that I can watch uh, on Amazon that's, like, you know, not got that? That doesn't have the added shit. Like I don't want no. it. I don't want the no. added CGI shit. I want the my, I want the normal original one. So my brother said he linked it to me. We were having this conversation a few months ago. I think my brother said Disney is going to be doing or has. I think it's a Best Buy exclusive, something like that. Mm. They are going to be doing a THX enhanced edition, but it's the originals before Lucas put all the special edition features. In. Oh, so cool. it's like. I had a VHS copy of these. It was a, it was in a brown and gold boxed set, and it was the VHS tapes that had been digitally enhanced for THX. I think it was the sound system they used. They, I can't even remember. I remember that. that. Yeah, THX, you know I mean? yeah. yeah. It was everywhere for a while. And those were those were like the in my mind those were the best versions yeah. of star wars because it was right before lucas went in and did all the tweaks to him but yep. it was like the sound was perfect the Fuck image yeah. was so crisp and so clear and then han doesn't shoot first and i was like Fuck oh, you, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't go read yeah you had a good thing originally leave it the right. fuck alone those three right. are amazing like yeah, those three the first, cg oh, cg ages worse than Old a special effects, yes. physical effects, yeah. yeah. Although I gotta say, they did such a good job with Gollum twenty years freaking later, homie. Dear Lord, it still looks pretty he, good. Yeah. It does. You can, I mean, you can, you again. I can tell a little yeah. bit, but it's not like so drastically so. I'll tell you, Jabba, I'll tell hello? you where you can see it too, is um because you mentioned this, and I was cutting a movie this morning for my latest Rings of Power video. The Fellowship of the Ring is the most noticeable with Gollum because he didn't actually have any major scenes until the two towers. So the only glimpse you get of him in the fellowship of the ring is when they're in Moria. And all you see is there's a scene when Frodo is talking to Gandalf and he's like, I've been hearing him behind us. And you see a very far away shot of like just this two eyed glowing eyed creature. And then there's like a, a metal like thing and his fingers come up and sit inside the hole and then his face comes up and you just get the eyes and those fingers Mm -hmm. when they came through that i went those look dated like they actually look like cgi on top of a physical object but when you get to the two towers and return of the king that cgi has held up absolutely 20 years later it still looks phenomenal yeah i think it's held up better actually than smog and smog is still pretty good but smog is starting to look a little dated Really? I'm going to have to go watch that again. It. I just watched it with my family. Like, oh, no, dude. Don't I, say that. I mean, it looks good. It looks good, but you can tell. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can look at it now, and you're like, I just eh. feel like the entirety, the entirety of that Hobbit 
series looks way over CGI'd. Whereas mm, true. you watch the Lord of the Rings, and this goes back to I don't think I talked about it in the show. I did a rant video maybe three months ago about practical effects versus CGI on films, and there's a really good interview with Frank Oz, and he's talking about he kind of had a disagreement with George Lucas on set um, about the lightsaber sequence when Yoda is fighting the Emperor at the in Revenge of the Sith, right? And it's all CGI. And he's like, he's talking about how in a the best way to use CGI. And keep in mind, Frank Oz is the director as well as an actor and a voice actor and a Muppet puppeteer. And just he's an Frank Oz is an amazing motherfucker. Um, but he was talking about how the best CGI has a background of practical effects in a physical location layered with green screen and has CGI imposed on top of all of that to help blend those those multiple layers of reality together so that you can't really tell that it's cgi but he's like the moment you have an actor who's completely on green screen you can tell it because the eye is there's something off and your your brain is going something doesn't quite look right here because that depth of field isn't there that you yeah. would normally get if it was shot on location with even with bigatures or miniatures because you have an an actual physical object that the film itself is picking up on um and he was talking about he had the disagreement with Lucas about doing that entire sequence in CGI because you were going to be able to see that it was a CGI character. And, of course, it totally looks like a CGI bunny rabbit jumping around with a fucking lightsaber. Um, but he did mention Gollum as, like, the pinnacle of CGI blended with practical effects as, like, for him, that's the best CGI he's ever seen in his career um, is Gollum in the Two Towers of Return of the King. And, and he... There's it's a whole interview with him on practical effects and um, really cool stuff. Um, if you like nerding out over practical effects and, and tricks now, of photography, because it's pretty cool what they can do. Now, did they uh, – I don't remember what movie it happened, and I don't remember. I, this isn't a series I watch often. Um, but didn't – I know the actor for Dumbledore passed away. Yeah, uh, first one. was. Did they CG him after that? I can't no, remember. No, they got a – they did a good job. The guy that did uh, him plays the uh, Prophet. He's the voice actor for the Prophet in the Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I forget his name offhand, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did the all the other ones outside the first two. Yeah. Yeah, they pretty, just recast him. Yeah, he did a good they, job, though. Yeah, they did a really good job to make it seamless. Yeah. He was one of – the original actor was one of the classic guys that grew up with um, – mm -hmm. wow, I can't remember his name. Something Harris. Um, yeah. He was in the Count of Monte Cristo too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good in the That's Count of Monte right. Cristo. He's really oh, I'm good. I'm so glad you mentioned that movie because that film – My favorite, That is yeah. one of the best movies you will ever see. It's got swashbuckling. It's mm -hmm. got pirates. I love uh, the short, chubby Mexican guy who they got to play. Um, I forget his – the character's name, but yeah. the pirate guy that comes along with him. But um, Jim Caviezel is so good in that role. And I had forgotten that was a very, very young Henry Cavill as yep. the, as the, the son. son. Um, yep. It's just, oh, that movie is up. Chris and I just watched That's that last story. year. Yeah. It's a good story. I probably it watched that story. thing. I probably watched that movie like since it's been out. Like, I've seen it. Yeah, probably, 10 or 12, maybe. Oh, I've probably watched it a lot more than that. I've liked it. Oh, like, I've so enjoyed good. it so much. I'd say probably I'm at least in the 50 ish range, <laughs> believe it or not. Pops up in the cell. When he yeah. pops up in the cell, he's looking around. He's like, he's like popping his head around like a little, a little, uh, what do you call it? A little um, gopher like kind of popping around. Or whatever. <laughs> he just like pops his head out. He's like looking. You're like with the tile like on his head or whatever. It's like, 
yeah. math that he's like something he's been digging for like seven years or something. Like, yeah. Damn, like wrong direction too. End up end up being up <laughs> yeah. underneath him. Yeah. It was like oh, such boy. a good story. Yeah. And he yeah. played the 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 emperor, the the main mm-hmm. emperor in, in Gladiator, uh, who gets <clears throat> off by the sun. Yeah. Uh, and George, yeah. what is his name? I don't know, but the guy in the in the uh, Count of Monte Cristo that plays uh, what's his name? I forget the damn character's name. Richard He's, Harris. That's the guy. No, no, no. Um, the one that plays uh, opposite of Jim's uh, oh, Weasel's Guy like, Pierce. Guy Pierce. He's like been in a ton of stuff too, and he was okay. in I'm so Time glad Machine. He did yes. the Time Machine, which I thought was oh, a really good movie. Great, yeah, that was. I watched that one a bunch too. Yeah, I was like probably I'm probably the twentieth range or so with that. Guy Pierce has yeah. done really a ton of great movies too. He did one recently. I can't remember the name. It's about ten years ago. It's like sci-fi. He has to go to the space station and rescue like the president's daughter from this like prison. It's totally like a cheesy comedy action sci-fi movie, and Guy Pierce carries the whole fucking film on his back. It's, <laughs> it's such a bad really? film, but his character <laughs> arc is so good, and the way he pulls it off, like chain smoking cigarettes and like delivering cheesy one-liners. It's like it's like. It's so it's so fun. But I always loved him. Um, if you've never seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, when Hugo it was Hugo um, weaving Guy Pierce, all when they were really young, it was like the first film. And they all play these flaming transvestites on a bus going through the Australian outback um, when they're all younger actors. And that was the first thing I ever saw him in. Um, and then I went out and saw. I'm so glad you mentioned the Time Machine because that's oh, such really a good, good one. With him. Yeah. He's also got a couple albums out. He's a really talented singer as well. Yeah. Well, what's the guy's name too? He. I mean, and then the guy that was the the the. Well, I guess you consider him the evil, the evil guy in the Time Machine was essentially like the 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 branch of human species that's like living underground it's an albino and he's got this like nasty like brain involved on his back Mike yeah jeremy irons he's basically which a far cry from his role in the D D movie D&D by the movie. way yeah. but he was in a lot of other stuff like um what's it called beautiful creatures or something and he's done some other other things as well but yeah i'd love jeremy, jeremy irons as well he's such a good good actor as well um I was going to, I was going to, I know, man, I can, those are all like the, they're, those are some of my go-tos. If I just want to flip a movie on and enjoy it, you know, casually watch something, it's my go-to. I really want to watch the amount of, I want to watch my, oh, it's so good, dude. That one, the time machine, those, those movies, there were some other uh, psych thrillers too. Like the jacket was pretty good back in the day. I like that. I don't know they've ever seen that one. Psych thriller stuff. I like too. Like if you like, um, what was it called? The butterfly effect. I used to, I, that I, was I, good. Yeah. I went through that yeah. one easily like 40 or so times as well. Yeah. Like just because like, just such an interesting approach to like the, you know, the, the time traveling element, like in, in one's own body. And then, you know, it's yeah, it's super cool. Deja Vu is another one that I've watched over and over. That's some good Denzel right there. That is a good Denzel. Mm-hmm. And that's one of Val Kilmer's. Um, I remember he popped up as like one of the FBI dudes or something towards the end of the film. Um, it was one mm-hmm. of his la- last roles, I think, before he lost his voice. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is a good film. That's a really good film with, with Denzel. Denzel is an actor. I feel like I don't think I've ever seen him in a bad film. Like, yeah, it's true. He's no. just yeah. There's every yeah, so he many. kills it. <clears throat> he always kills it. So many. Yeah. Uh, the one recently we've seen there's the it's there's two of them where he plays 
like an ex CIA type guy who's really quiet, but then he just snaps one day and he starts defending the poor people. Oh, um, the equalizer. The equalizer. The equalizer. The equalizer. One and oh, yeah. Such a good movie. Yes. Yeah. Normally <laughs> you have sequels that are like a map. The sequel was just as good. Yeah. It was just as good as the <laughs> yeah. first one. But the, the scene where like in home, the lady at home Depot and, the guy comes in and robs like the cash and, and, and the ring. And she's like, no, it's my wedding ring, you know, and all this. So he's just, just give it to, just give it to him. Just give it to him. And then he goes, they just show him like the next morning, the rings there and he's putting a hammer back on the shelf, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I knew he went took care of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was going to say too, someone in chat brought up something on our list. So I'm going to jump to it. It's like all the way down um, a little bit there, but it's the next gen. So the Witcher three, there was a I'm going to share it, too. There was a essentially an announcement about it being a quarter, right? For 2022. Yes. That? Yeah. The next gen version of which. So, oh, yeah. The next gen. Okay, there's, okay. Yeah. There's your explanation for why the uh, development on The Witcher 3, because they were going to do like an HD like facelift to it and like really clean it up and everything. And they decided to go much further by the looks of it. So um, I think they're putting, and they're also adding in content that matches up with the TV show. I think so. Yeah. Um, some other stuff. I'm excited for it. Um, mm. I've played it through twice, all the expansions twice on the PS4 with a complete edition and everything else. Um, mm. But I'm totally going to buy the, I'll have to buy it because I won't be able to get like an upgrade because I'm not playing on a PS5. So I'll get it for the Xbox. I can't wait because I would totally oh, play that. hundred percent. So good. And the world's so immersive, man. When you talk about like weather and the way the trees and the terrain all is impacted yeah. by, it just oh, yeah. feels so good running around, like riding your horse in that game, like seeing the atmosphere, like the sunrise and the sunsets. Oh, you know, what? one yeah, of my favorite so things in RPGs when they get good weather and stuff, mm. I love, I don't know why this brings me such joy, but when it's raining outside in the game, oh yeah, you know, like it's thunder and you know, all that, and you're going to a tavern. Yes. Nice. Something yes. so cool about walking so, in a tavern after, I, on a rainy day. I have a, I have a slight, it's not medieval times, but I remember my first trip abroad, I was 19 and I went to england i went to london for two weeks and part of the thing one of the things i did was i went to oxford and i went to the eagle and the child or tolkien and c.s lewis and the inklings where i went to tolkien's grave i did all that but i also went to stonehenge and since you mentioned okay. this when i went to stonehenge stonehenge was very underwhelming um it was it was just an underwhelming experience for me because i had never experienced mass tourism before and then i got there and it was just like fucking lines of people and it was just like ew, this is like disneyland i'm not this is not for me well we walked out there down the highway because my buddy and i were poor backpacker kids and we walked back and on the way back it just started pouring down rain and okay. along the way we found this little the first town we came to which had the train station and everything else like the first tavern we found literally went inside and it was that moment of lightning thunder pouring down rain you're coming in out of the cold there's hot food cold beer in that case cider and you're not wrong like even in real life that is like the coolest thing yeah and especially like in is. video games i you've think it's better in it. video games yeah you've like escaped it and it feel it just feels so uh I don't know, man. I don't even know how to describe it, but I, I will tell you this. The day that I realized it was I was when Morrowind was a new game, right? 
And you get that, it's like that early, early quest where you leave that first little small settlement and yep. you're headed to, I uh, forget the name of that that city, but you're headed there to, to find the leader of the blades or whatever. And you have to meet somebody at a tavern. And um, the, when I was playing that game, it was raining real bad. And, you know, in that game, you got lost. You didn't have a marker. You didn't, you know, you were actually following the signs on the road, the directions that was given to you or what you wrote down from what the person said. So like, I've been out lost. I barely survived. You know, it was weak and even mud crabs were kicking my butt and it was raining. And I came across the little tavern and the little, the little, uh, the little uh, uh, sign for it was kind of waving. Waving, yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! I, I think of that scene swing. so often because that was such a such a big moment for me in gaming, where it's like, wow, this is what an open world feels like, you know? Mm-hmm. You guys were talking a lot about movies, so why don't we not like if we kind of have bounced been bouncing around today, not super super on task, so a little bit of ADD today, but. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like, I think, yes. oh, my God, dude. This, this comes back to reboots. Yeah. However, I will say that in this case, a lot of people hated the film that Sean Connery was in. It was the last film Sean Connery ever did. I actually thought it was kind of a fun, yeah. cheesy. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was a fun ride, you yeah. know? Peta Wilson was in it. For those of you who don't remember Peta Wilson, she did Nikita, the, the American version of Nikita, uh-huh. for several years during the, I think, 90s or early 2000s yep. and at the time she was sort of at the peak of her c-level career she's never yeah. been a big actress but yeah, she's I, the vamp. I watched yeah i remember watching her and also um the guy who was originally cast as as aragorn Where, uh, uh, uh peter uh, townsend Stuart townsend yeah i was gonna say dorian, dorian gray, gray. Mm-hmm. and and like i love Stuart townsend so yeah. i mean uh it had a really good cast and i feel like it was just one of those fun films and that's yeah getting a reboot was that after like. was that after or before no he did the queen of the dam before that didn't it was he before queen of the dam yeah i thought so which was also a good sequel um if, yeah. if you like the lestat vampire tales by ann rice which i think which, by good. the way i'm very i'm very i'm interested to see what they're going to do with the series that they're doing because the screenshots have looked uh, not screenshots the um the pictures they've been sharing mm. the photos they've been sharing from the set of that Anne rice vampire show look interesting mm. and she was very much involved with the production before she passed um but i did like i did like queen of the damned it's a fun vampire flick yeah i like that whole vampire universe she came up with i think she oh, did a really she good came job up, it's really it, this is i'm so glad you said that because so many mm. people don't know about the Anne rice vampire but they're all like they're either so good, twilight dude. or whatever it's deep or underworld you know but it's way deeper yeah, yeah. It's so there's deep. a big Especially ass history Angel man works. yeah it goes into i mean she's just like what movies are those there's queen of the dam that ties into uh there's the uh interview with the vampire interview movies the vampire. so i think those yeah. two are the only movies if i'm not i mean the ones i'm yeah, aware of books but the books, books so i've got back there i've got this thick ass book with like the vampire chronicles and all that stuff she low-key okay i'm gonna share like something about like my my ip for a minute here there's a badass fucking vampire in in my stories that comes along and he's like fucking awesome and i 100 drew inspiration from the way that she approached like the narrative for because that was like my sort of like Hey, homie, you were awesome. I'm going to pull a page from your playbook because you did this like character development so well. So like she's like my inspiration for uh, vampire character development, if you will, for that one character. So, 
it's for yeah. those of you who've never read the Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice, please go do so. So good. Uh, by the way, data list, add this to your list. I totally until we were sitting here talking about, it, I had forgotten about those all about these books. Yeah, that's a good one and too. They're totally <laughs> worth reading. Yeah. Enjoy the bookshelves full of books that we've been mentioning <laughs> yeah, to no, you. <laughs> no shit. I mean, I was like, what was kind of interesting is today. I don't know. It might have been the V rising on the brain, but I was yeah. looking at. Um, like like interview with a vampire like i was googling and i'm like I'm, man that was a really good movie i should watch that again and then it we really start talking is. about it i'm like wow that's serendipitous yeah <laughs> i also say i got my first bottle of uh, shower juice from me <laughs> oh yeah it's called what love handles now that one that one's actually specially bottled by the way guys um that one is, is one it? where i actually get multiple devices to catch the water as it's running down that uh, one only comes with the ones that come from my my, my love handles uh, so oh. that water has been nowhere but from my head down to my love handles. So oh, that's a special, that means, that means, that means it's coming from a whole lot of other places. Everybody just want to make sure y'all pay attention to that. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> you should call it. Never mind. I was going to say taste at all. The flavor taste at all. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. Okay. Y'all say taste uh, the rainbow. I'm going to leave it. He's like, we do better talking about squatty potty. Like Cheryl and Jeff's like, sigh, here we go. Um, squatty potty commercial, if you've never watched that, is one of the whole, most hilarious things. Oh, I've it's ever so good. YouTube. And it's a long commercial. Like, it's pretty hilarious, man. I think I showed it to somebody not too long ago. I was like, here at home. I think it was like one somebody in my family. I was like, you got to see this. And <laughs> you ever seen the squatty? Mo- I don't know how it came up, but I was like, you ever seen the squatty potty commercial? And they're like, what? And I'm like, you serious? You got to see this shit. You haven't um, lived. You haven't lived until you've seen it. Um, so, okay, I'm trying to think. We're bouncing a bit around here, but that's okay. Why don't we hit on this? So, last week, we, we've talked a little bit about World of Warcraft, and we've obviously, Wrath of the Lich King Classic is out right now. People are playing it, and there were a couple things that came Wait, up. It's not out. Sorry, not sorry, out. sorry. Classics, yeah, Wrath of the Lich King Classic coming. is coming out, but a lot of people have been playing Classic, so the news I have to share is relevant because there is something about Classic on here as well as uh, something else that has to, has to do with Hearthstone. So these two are, like, pretty pretty good. One's sort of like, what are our thoughts on? The other one's like, lol, because just to see it happening, it's going to come down to you need to be a better parent, but that's my point anyway. There was a video dropped in our Discord, right? This last week, I think it was after the show, and I can't remember who dropped it, but it was literally like WoW's Dark Secret, this video. Okay. Now, I know, Daedalus, did you watch it? Okay. I did. So, I, I don't know. I'm going to... I said I was going to talk about it, so it is going to be a spoiler, right? But I, I showed it to my brother just to see what would happen when he watched it. So the video is like, I don't know, 20 minutes long or something. And I'm going to give you the long and short of it real quick, right? Just because this was so well done. And go watch it if you want to see it yourself. I'm giving you the cliff notes. To watch it yourself is so much better. But it's literally WoW's Dark Secret is what it's called, right? It's trending really high. You go check it out. And this video, this guy basically sits down and he's talking about playing classic. And he's talking about... um stone town mountains which is his own and he essentially have you seen that and he literally yeah so i'm going to tell you all what what he does right and he literally outlines oh i'm not gonna you know what i'm not gonna ruin it i can't i can't do it i can't do it but he literally outlines something really 
messed up that went down in yeah, real life it's, and yeah. and and a developer who in the game create created this sort of event to happen right and a series of series of events ensued and the long and short of it was basically about narrative that's all i'm going to say my point is is that that was so well done you really got to go watch it i guess this guy's getting a bit of a promo here but it's super good because I want to talk about it so bad. It's so it's killing I mean, me. I, I mean, I think we should. Okay. I, I think we just got to spoil it though. The oh, whole point oh, here, is not here to it is. Spoil well, it, so let's here, just say this: here. something happens to yes. his character uh, in that zone, um, and he figures out mm. like the uh, the equation of why this yes. random thing is happening. And then, um, first of all, the music that it uses is super really? well picked. Everything about the video is like so well done mm-hmm. that like I was watching when I seen it, it just popped in my feed. This is probably about a few weeks ago and uh, it was late at night and I was up like I always am uh, yeah. trying to wind myself down. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it kind of scared me. I was kind of watching. Yeah, like, oh, it. <laughs> what is happening? Why is this happening? <laughs> it's yeah. good. It's yeah. good. It, it, it does a really good job of captivating your attention and your interest. Yeah. And the 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 best part is the message that is there at the end, yeah. Right. Yeah. And all I gotta say is World of Warcraft. If you don't take a page from people's playbook like this, right? You're just your a damn amateur. Yeah, is that what you're trying to say here? They need to take a they need to take a page from their own playbook. From his playbook because they're amateurs. Oh, the way the way that he did it. Yes. Mean. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. But I okay. like. I was like, okay, what's this? Like, you know, clickbait. And then I spent about five minutes. I'm like, um, this is not going anywhere. What am I going to do? And then all of a sudden, I literally could not stop watching. I didn't blink. Nothing. I mean, the ha- the whole apartment could have been on fire, and I still would have been watching this mm-hmm. video. Yeah. It, was it is. It's one of the builds. It just builds. <laughs> Not just the amateur, a damn amateur. That's what Charles said. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it, it's good, man. And the thing is, is that is like, it seems like clickbait, but that's the thing, right? These are the types of video titles I come out with, right? But it, they're not clickbait. They're actually the theme of the video or something I'm talking about most of the time, right? right? right. It doesn't mean just because the title something doesn't mean it, that that's your opinion. That's what you're talking about. Yes. I know I, I did a video one time called Pantheon Rise of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. Is it taking too long, right? Question mark. Even, it's a question. Right? You're posing. And I had a lot of people get pissed at me, like, you know, how yeah. dare you? You know what's going on. You know they're a small team. And I'm like, dude, did you listen to the video? I totally, that's what I was talking yeah. about. But the but a lot of people aren't big fanboys of Pantheon. And to them, the game's taking too long. They don't care about how many people's on team. They don't care about the budget. Mm-hmm. They don't, they just are like, damn, I've been waiting too long. I want the game, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I I I see your title sometimes, and I it I, first I chuckle because I'm like, oh boy, I know what people are gonna think, you know. And yeah. and a lot of people do not watch the video. They read the title, they go to the mm-hmm. video, they comment, they leave. Yeah. It's like, dude, absolutely, clearly, right? I'm like, form. you clearly didn't watch it. You clearly yeah, didn't I, watch it. I get um, the Rings of Power for me has been a very good topic mm-hmm. for my channel, and I get so many people because I totally do clickbait titles and clickbait mm-hmm. video uh thumbnails 
and I get so many people who will come on and leave the stupidest. And it's like clearly yeah. you didn't. And I have I have a default my default go to comment for them, and it, this it makes them come back because they can't stop. It's always thanks for the bump in the algorithm. That's oh, literally God. just what I say. That's all I say oh, is no. thanks for the bump in the algorithm, and it pisses them off. And yeah, they come back and they'll continue ranting. I'm like, thanks again for another bump because every time you come back. Yep. YouTube's just tracking that shit, and I'm getting paid, and I'll get them going five, six times in a row before they'll finally give up and go away. And I'm like, I they don't, don't care, care about that. They, they care more about what they're what they're actually saying to you, though. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there was this one dude I that actually because I did you know I've done a handful of of them around that, and only whenever like when there's like something that really resonates for me to talk about, like I'll actually like do a video. And I've I've had like you know a couple of them that did pretty well or whatever, but and most of the time it's the same sort of thing. You, Mostly, I feel like the majority of the people that come in on those, they tend to be the diehard Tolkien people. I actually don't get too many people that are hating on me. Trolling. But yeah. I got one, and he was an Ashes community member, and I dropped a hammer on that fucktard faster than you can say, yo, MTV raps. You know why? Because, bitch, please not in my house. You're not entitled to a fucking thing. Diggs, get out. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Because the dude is as woke as it fucking gets and uh, literally doesn't see anything other than his own words. He's entitled to every word he says. And I should have yeah. known to expect it from that dude because of the fact that he literally in, in the anything, anything you ever see him on, he, his opinion's always the right one. Yeah. In anything you see him on. Right. And like that kind of shit, like dude, it, he had like paragraphs Oh yeah, paragraphs. That was like, like an hour. Yeah, I'm like, homie, I am. You, I'm not. I'm reading comments, not novels, homie. I don't care about your novel. You got to give me some bullet points. I don't want to read that. I am not going to waste TLDR, bitch. TLDR, bitch. I'm not trying to read <laughs> that shit. Literally thinking that. Fuck. Who wants to spend that kind of? I got shit to do with my life. I got stuff I want to do. I might want to sleep tonight. You know, something. Or play V Rising because that's beautiful. My God, <laughs> that like, game. I was about to say, <laughs> right? You mean in your coffin? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get back in my Cassie coffin. What stays in the coffin? Wait, what happens in the coffin stays in the coffin? <laughs> <laughs> that actually is true, by the way. That's um, probably the oh, truest thing um, we've ever. Oh no, said no, 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 no. What what happens in the coffin no, no. most certainly no, stays just, in the coffin. Oh, I didn't think about the bullshit. <laughs> Sometimes it that requires the says. police to get out of the. Oh, no, dude. They make keys in V Rising. They have to do a servants accessing doors and stuff. I wonder if they're making for coffins. Anyway, so I digress. You're calling them servants these days. So oh, hold on. Master servant. About World of Warcraft. So about World of Warcraft. <laughs> Did you see this? The kid. The kid. The kid spends three hundred dollars in Hearthstone, and the freaking dad oh, sues Blizzard. What? You what? can't sue. I mean, yeah, add a zero onto that, and then my, I might see the claim, but $300 for wait, real? Wait, yeah. he threatened to sue, or he actually found a lawyer? Dad is, Arizona dad is suing Blizzard over his kid's $300 so, Hearthstone bill. So he bill. found a lawyer who was like, oh yeah, this is a good one, I'll take it. Like, what? Must have been like, we're going to piggyback off the Blizzard stuff going on right now from all their... Uh, Wonder if that was it because that's dude. that's got to be an ambulance. Uh, he's probably point, spending cause... more money on the damn lord than the kid spent on Hearthstone. Oh, for sure, because you know the cheapest the retainer alone get. is probably a couple of thousand. Why'd your, why'd your kid have access to that in the first place? If you don't, if there's any part of you that says 
I don't want my kids spending too much of my money, then you as a parent should be limiting the access to your kid. Yeah, Yeah, to your kid having access to anything. Yeah, how did the kid have access to his credit card anyway, right? Exactly. Right? I want someone else to pay the price of my bad choices. Yeah, that's crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the perfect ad for condoms. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The kid's a mistake. It's not. Don't have children. Don't have children. I was going to say it's a perfect ad for parenting classes. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Okay. Here's here's a piggyback point before I feel too gross about what we were just talking about. Uh, That's what Blizzard should offer like before they go to court as what do you call that when you try to like make amends so you don't have to go to court? Uh, They should just offer parenting classes paid. Yeah, exactly. That would be the coolest yeah. statement. The settlement, the settlement with parenting classes. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, the settlement. The settlement yeah. yeah. Okay, and here's the other one for World of Warcraft. Uh, classic character uh-huh. cloning is being put as a service now that they're going to be selling. So charging. Yeah, they'll be charging people for. I think. Are they still going to give like one per account or something? Yes. Yeah. Well, 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 hold on. For the moving forward, I don't know that that. Wait, was wait, wait. You guys are talking this. about. I, I think we're talking about two different things here. No, we're not. We are mm-hmm. talking about the same thing. But like, if you if if you get one right that you can, or it's not even one for each character that gets that's already on an old server, you're able to pick. I'm staying or I'm going. Mm-hmm. But once you make that decision, if you change your mind, you have to pay. Yeah. Which I think is completely fair. I think right. that's legit. Like you get, and one, then if you, you if you make a new character on WoW Classic, Classic, right? Then <laughs> hey, you made a character on Classic, bro. You know it's going to cost money to move it. I think that's fair. Classic, I Classic. Fair. That's great. Yeah, because it gets confusing these days. Because everybody's yeah. playing WoW Classic, and everybody's like, "It's dead." I'm like, "We're talking what? Classic, Classic." Hey, man, Classic, Classic. Vanilla I'm playing, I'm Classic. About, yeah, I'm talking about TBC Classic, right? You can't even call it vanilla anymore. I remember calling the original World of Warcraft vanilla back in the day, and now it's like no one would even know what I'm talking about, huh? Exactly. Oh, feels yeah. bad. No, nobody Old says that anymore. Like nobody talks about Shut up, Nathan. No Shut up, Nathan. I <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there. Some of us <laughs> I'm going to provide you charges again. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I'm... I, I know y'all like, you know, some of y'all like classic. I, I'm never going to set my foot on that. This is, it just seems like it's a we've been there monetization already too, scheme after a monetization scheme. To me. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much monetization on classic. Though. Well, <sighs> I think Dale and, and I have a different perspective think, too. Like, with all these services. It's just another way to kind of. Yeah. See, that's my perspective. Point first. Like, I do see that I do see how how for someone who hasn't played it before, you know, that wants to like play it from the beginning, that jumping in on classic as opposed to retail would probably be a more authentic approach to doing it. So, like, I can see that part. But at the same time, I do agree with you that I see a bigger picture where I'm like, I, I definitely think this is also really more about Blizzard monetizing everything that they've made is me different ways as they can. It's like Skyrim with the, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely in that domain. But like, if someone was to ask me, Hey, I'm thinking about playing world of Warcraft and I want to start from the beginning. What's your suggestion? I, I probably would tell them, especially now with classic only going to be, you know, currently 
It is literally what it's it's vanilla original, right? Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King. If I was going to recommend playing World of Warcraft at this point, I would be like, I would play those three. You can play all the way through them now. Don't do shit else. That's probably what I would tell them. I'm glad you said that because I only ever dabbled in live a couple of times because it's too busy with other games. So when Classic came out, I played it for six months, thoroughly enjoyed all of it up until the point where it got to be where the only thing left to do was some Blackstone Spire or some Blackrock Spire or Black, something like that. Yeah. Everybody that was the only thing left to do in vanilla. And and I'm, I'm like, I don't want to raid anymore. Like I yeah. my raiding days are 20 years behind me. I don't want to just sit here and grind raids and have to grind pots so that I can do raids. So I'm done with classic at that point. Coming back to into it during Burning Crusade as I am right now, because I want to experience Wrath of the Lich King because I've never played through it. I'm gonna be seeing stuff. So I'm repeating content right now because I've already done vanilla classic. Yeah. I've never seen I remember playing when Burning Crusade was out. I that was one of my very first times dabbling a little bit, um, but I never played very long on live, and it was so many years ago, I don't remember any of it. So the Burning Crusade is going to be new for me, and we're going to be getting into the Wrath of the Lich King in the fall, which is going to be new to me. I have zero plans to ever touch live or ever play anything mm, after this because I yeah. only want to experience this because everyone has told me that Wrath of the Lich King is like so up there with like the best expansions of all time mm-hmm. from – you know, you look at, say, yep. you can pick the, the expansions in EverQuest that were the best expansions of all time. And then this is like the pinnacle of Warcraft. So I'm only playing it to experience Wrath of the Lich King yeah. as a one and done thing. And I'll never touch live. Like I have noticed. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I'm anti-retail. Wow. At this point, I mean, even with the things, here's the thing, right? Like even if with the changes they've been implementing now, they make the game better, like they make skill, you know, specializations and like the theory crafting component comes back to feeling good again. Like even if they do all of that, the problem is, is there's still Mr. Pandaria. There's still cataclysm. Mm-hmm. There's still all these things that just kind of make they, it feel really they, gross. They, oh, I thought you were going to say that you love, I thought everybody loved those. I thought that was the most popular. I thought everybody was like, Oh my God, remember when cataclysm, cause that's the next classic, you know? So, um, after Wrath of the Lich King, I thought you were, I thought, I thought that's what you're waiting for. I thought you were like, you know, as soon as, as soon as, uh, Cataclysm, uh, Classic comes out, I'm, I'm going to hop back into WoW, I, you know. I got, oh, Nathan. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta ask though, if they do a classic Cataclysm, what then? <laughs> Dude, I'll laugh. That Real would be talk. the biggest Would meme. you continue? No. No way. I, I'm like... No. If they the end of classic. I, I don't know. I don't know if they won't. And here's why. <laughs> if they're listening to here, here's the thing. It could be their meta brain pan or their big mega brain sort of like plan right here. Like I think it would be ideal to end at Wrath, but here's why I don't think they will. Right? They've been making such a big kick lately about listening to community, and they've made changes to classic like wrath that's going to be coming out where you're not going to be able to instance find anything. Yeah. What if they restructure and they keep going with classic, but taking away all the, all the, all the problems we tell retail has like, sort of like, yeah, um, I can see that. Refrain, yeah. Like reflected on. See, and trying this is, to keep the soul of classic right. back through the expansion. That would right. be interesting. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting. I, I still don't know. I mean, there's still some key things that's like, so you're going to take pandas out of Pandaria? <laughs> like, you're going to hit a wall where you're just going to have to do things that everybody hates, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. you go to Pandaria and there's no pandas, you know what I mean? Like, how, 
you know, there's a limit to them being able to do that. But that would be a cool way to do it because I really am super happy that Wrath of the Lich King, they're doing some of these yeah, things, right? Like reeling no it back group. a little bit. Yeah, no pug group uh, uh, looking for group. Because um, mm-hmm. there still is a looking for group, but it's on your server. And, yeah. you know, it's not It's not like you just slapped in a group and you go in the dungeon. Right. You know? No, that's it, you're putting yourself into a list and there's still communication that has to happen. Right. People stop to actively look for other people or actively look for a group. And, right. Um, I, I think all those are good things. It's, uh, EverQuest 2 for a long mm. time did that very good job at that because they had that looking for group platform, but there were no matchmaking systems. So you had still had to communicate with people, and I think that's right. always been a positive for the community. I want to respond to something Narrower said in chat. Question for the panel. Any of you know The Wayward Realms, the game in the making, open world fantasy RPG, still <clears throat> excuse me, early in development? Wondering if it's going to be one of those vaporware games or not. Okay, I have a response here. I've I've talked to some of the the, the people over there. You know, um, <clears throat> have some conversations, and I know that there's been. I you know there's there's it's interesting because there's clearly people who are very anti. I, I think I'm I'm doing a follow up next week if I'm not mistaken on this um, because someone had done an interview with Julian Lafay who basically is like the programming god from back in the day. Did a lot of stuff with Daggerfall, like right at the cusp yeah. where Daggerfall could have like really, uh, quite frankly, I, if if they had stayed the course with Daggerfall's vision, the future of the open world RPG game would probably look dramatically different than it is now we'd be in a very different alternate reality in gaming um because there were they were they were messing with uh procedural generation and stuff back then so if if the open world rpg genre had developed further into the future beyond daggerfall with the methodology that was in place moving forward they had stayed the course with the vision what we have as the open world RPG games right now, and probably RPG games in general would probably be dramatically different. So yeah, compared to what Daggerfall did and what right. we have now, it's pathetic because yeah. Daggerfall that long ago doing yep. such revolutionary things. Yeah. Crazy. And so what's the wayward realm then? So the wayward realm is essentially these devs from back in the day who, who, you know, you got the person who did the lore, you got the programmer guy, that were part of the original Elder Scrolls games up until Daggerfall. And you got them working on this game, right? So is it vaporware? I do not believe it whatsoever that's vaporware. But you are talking more like a passion project that's in a position where they're sort of looking to acquire some significant funding. What they've got planned is extremely ambitious. I will say that. It is very yeah. ambitious. It's very deep. It would absolutely be a spiritual successor to Daggerfall. Um the question is, you know, there's been like some hit pieces that have been done because uh, and I've got and I'll save this for the video I'm doing because I've done a lot of research on this. Um, my I have some perspectives, but my my thoughts to answer that question are I, I absolutely don't believe it's vaporware any more than Ash as a creation is a vaporware to those people who claim that it would be. Um it's just you're talking about people who are sort of making claims about something without evidence and it being in a place where they can't really showcase it because it's very, very tight knit, hush hush, and it's a small team, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. the popular thing to do now. It's yeah, just like, it's vaporware. It's vaporware. You know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So speaking of open world games, have you all heard of this one called? Uh, what's it called here? Uh, let me grab it real quick. 
I forgot the name. I don't you, know why it's not listed. Can you talk NPCs or is it just tables? Oh, <laughs> it's not that one. Techland reveals concept art for new AAA open world fantasy action RPG. Yeah, this is going to be called. Where is it? There's a damn name here and it's killing me. Let me link it for you all. For some reason, I thought I had the damn title for it on hand. It's killing me. Uh, da, 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 da. this is driving me nuts. They, I had it. They mentioned the name of the. I didn't see that. The name of the game, or yeah, I didn't see it either. No, there was a reference point for it, but they basically it's the studio behind this year's Dying Light too, though. So it's it's definitely coming from some people that have done some pretty good mm-hmm. things. If you played Dying Light at all, it's a pretty well done game. Um, yeah, the first one's got a really interesting uh, monster versus sort of like sort of like hunter versus you know sort of vampire dynamic going on there um reminds me a little bit of this is game this is game i played way back in the day i'm gonna have to pull it up on my steam but i want to know if anybody's played this one i'm gonna probably pull it up and come back to it in a minute because i'm curious what you all have to say about it but i do want to say something additionally to to this um so <clears throat> I feel like these days when we see anything concept art related, there's not a whole lot I can, I really like want to, it's kind of like with anything you show me concept art and that's you talking about it. There's not, there's nothing there for me. Right. Yeah. There's nothing there for me. Even if you've got like prestigious titles, you were in a game, you were considered a part of this awesome team. Wayward realms would fall into that category. There's plenty of other games that would fall into that category too. That can't be the selling point though. And I think that was at the heart of prototype. Yeah. Even a good prototype's not enough these days for me. No. Yeah. Or cinematic trailer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. That's the fucking worst. Oh God, no. Uh, but like, if if it's if the prototype is highly polished and it has a you know significant gameplay loop in it, that that's right. enough to sell me. But if all you've got is like the basic run around, kill a few monsters, craft a few items, harvest a few things, and you're trying to mm. sell me on your vision, what vision you have? That's a piece of concept art right there. Right, That's right. literally what that is. Yeah. It's a, so I'm, it's an idea that you have that you haven't implemented yet, right? Right. So, so nothing, man. You can anybody has an idea. We've been oversaturated with yeah. these ideas, right? Like so so back in the day, uh you might have had a couple of subscriptions to a couple of magazines that gave you the information on what was going on. So yeah. once a month or twice, three, three times a month or whatever, depending on how crazy you were about getting those subscriptions, mm-hmm. you would find out some news about video games. So and the, and the editors decided what was the most worthy to go in their magazine. So mm-hmm. it was curated and that was all you had. But with the Internet and uh you know, it's just like, dude, we've seen so many and then the Kickstarter phase of of uh you know going nuts with all these ideas everybody that's mm. got a keyboard thinks they're gonna make the next game kind of thing um it's just man we've been oversaturated it's, we need more now right and uh you know and we're getting sick of this show us a t- title screen and and just because it's a franchise that we like that that's supposed to make us flip out you know like showing us once again the elder scrolls showing us like elder scrolls six with the mountain behind it right Okay, I'm not going to lie. I was excited because I was like, finally, you're at least talking about it. But I'm disappointed that that's all right. you had to show me because it's been forever already, you know. Um, 
Mass Effect, uh, the next Dragon Age, like right. those all fall into those mm-hmm. categories. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited about yeah. them, but I'm not excited. Excited, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's just I know they're working on it. Cool. Right. Catch me on the flip side, when you guys right? Some, show me exactly. Right. You can just you can talk about it all day long, but until like. I don't think it does a whole lot of good. Like, it's one thing if, like, you're kind of talking about it and people are sort of, like, funneling in because they're interested in your idea. But to go and start promoting it to, like, really drive traffic starts to get – to me, that's, like, real cringy. Yeah. Because it's, like – Especially if you've got an NFT attached to it. Especially yeah. that. You know what we're what I'm looking forward to, though, is I think we're going to see a little bit less uh, tinkering oh, with I the think. MMORPG side because we're going to see more – we talked about this pre-show – but with V Rising, because we saw Valheim hit a success, because we saw this V Rising game hit successfully really hard right off the rip, what's that telling all these uh, good old, you know, one person teams with the with the idea that wants to go pitch it on Kickstarter, you know, like Dream World, or like those other games I talked about that should not be named because how they're cringy. Were, how many people develop MMOs. V Rising? Because Valheim was five guys and you know definitely more than that but it's it's the team that's done luck i don't know their exact number but yeah it's not it's not like five but still it's not a big big massive team or anything like that um yeah but so yeah maybe that'll get some relief right uh, for us in the mo people i think like, we're gonna see it i think we're gonna see people going oh i gotta i've gotta let me do a kickstarter or or you know whatever uh project i'm doing it's gonna be a survival game here's this and that and this and that Hybrid slash, so you know, yeah. hybrid slash survival. Oh, well, I'm already seeing that to some degree because, like, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to bad mouth, but I'm going to say my personal opinion about a game that's in early access, and this is not against the developers yeah. or any. Because I had I had the developer on my back when I was still doing Mondays and MRPG, but there's a game out there called Karth. It's an yeah. early de- early access um, Unity based development game. Okay. And last year, I think it was last year, they did a they did a Steam Alpha test event thing, right, to get some publicity. Okay. And I literally, with in less than five minutes, I logged out and said, "Not not for me." Like I just, it was a survival based game. I literally started on a beach. With no clue about it, and what am I doing? Don't know. And the controls were clunky because it hasn't been optimized, and no. there was nothing there. And I immediately was just like, "This, there's nothing. What am I doing? Can't figure out how to do spells. Can't figure. Out, I'm done. Like there was no tutorial, nothing. Like I'm done. I don't have time. That's not to say that it's not something that other people will like, but I have no patience for yeah. that. But what I will say is this: we were already starting to see. The sort of survive because everyone's like we could build the next mm-hmm. Rust or the next whatever yep. sure, we could yeah. be the next Valheim and we were already starting to see that a year ago and I think yep. now that we've seen a couple of successes like with Valheim and V Rising you're going to start to see way more of that like you said right. of these little two to five man teams who are like I've got an idea for yep. insert idea here attached to survival game right and it, we saw That's this with VR games too for I mean quite a while there like PUBG was a really good example. You know, and then there were tons of BR games that have been rolling out since then, right? Mm-hmm. Tons. At this point, people are kind of sick of BR games, right? So I kind of, I unfortunately think the reality is that we're going to see like just a surge. Like we're about to see a, a, a point when, of surge of that. When you say that, you're not talking about a happy surge. I no, I, like a lot of really crappy projects of, that, you know, in my opinion, bandwagon, hot garbage. Yeah. We want to make some you're money. Saying- 
you're saying Joey and I need to pivot <laughs> no. weaving the, our Weave in the Void adventure game and no. tie in the survival element. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Like, because even I would, I would admit, like, make it a survival game. Like, I, oh, it would, like, oh, look at how successful it is. How cool it would be to make. I think I even mentioned this yesterday. What if I made my game a survival game, right? But that's not the vision. Mm, so it's like guys, enticing I, and interesting as it might be to try that. It it wouldn't fit what I'm going for. And so I feel like if you see, from in my opinion, if you see someone pivot in their vision to trying to create a different like style game. I think especially if it's already something they've been talking about, like, Hey, we're going to do a world RPG game, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, actually, we're going to try to make it a survival. That's a red flag in my opinion. Yeah. You're just following the, uh, the, what you call it? The, uh, flavor yeah, of the week kind of thing. Want a little but bit I, of money. I hate that. I hate that this happened while we're having this conversation, but oh, no. I actually did get a good idea for, um, a new product that maybe I should kickstart. It's a, it's not a survival game, but if this is the new hype train, then I could release a survivor type shower juice. <laughs> it's where I go so long without showering and then I bottle it finally, right? That it's a survivor type game. You play at home in real life by trying to apply this, this to your body. And 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 survive it, not not puke or die. Like a dirty. I self? got the name for it. It's called Jungle Love. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice how like Daedalus I just busted up laughing before he even remotely got to the point of sharing anything about it? Like we already knew. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I was I was thinking it. about it when he mentioned it the first time. I heard Survivor and shower, shower Juice. The wheels started turning. Uh, I'm, just, I'm not gonna lie. That smell. Jungle juice, baby. What's jungle funk. Yeah, he's like, what's that smell? It's a little it's bit jungle of jungle musk, baby. A, a hey, that's the commercial for it. Like I'm surviving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't use Sex Panther because that's trademarked. Right? Yeah, sixty percent of the time it works. hundred percent of the time. <laughs> so, second point on it on a, on a game for early access reveal. This among the trolls game. Do you hear it about looks that interesting. Oh, I did catch. I caught the. I think I was the one who linked that actually. Yeah, uh, I think so. It, it sounds, and the only reason I say this is because, first and foremost, my great grandmother was full blooded Finnish, so there was that part of it got me. But I just watched on Netflix around the holidays. There was a movie called Elf, um, oh, yeah. where uh, it was a creepy, like not nice elves, but it was a holiday tale where a family goes off on vacation in the middle of the forest, and on this island remote part, and they get there, and there's like this part of the forest that's been. It's got chain link fence around it and all the villagers are like, don't go near the fence and stuff happens and there's elves involved and they're not the nice kind of elves. And I, my mind immediately went to that Netflix film because that's what that movie was all about. Like the villagers had to like sacrifice stuff to the, to these creepy little forest wood trolls, wood elves to keep them happy. And if they didn't, that's why they blocked the fence off because shit went down and so this this I, I saw that and then when I saw this game, I was like, that sounds like that only in a game format. I will totally play it. Like it sounds mm. I like the Netflix film. It was fun. Um, I think I saw that and I was film. contemplating it. Now maybe maybe I'm contemplating it more. I think I need to watch that now that you mentioned that one. It's, First of it's, all, a, yeah. it's a fun ride. I, I cannot believe it, I saw it, yeah. I cannot believe there are two movies that are holiday themed and both called Elf. Um 
All right. Because right. the yeah, I was comedian. like, is he really about to talk about Will yeah, Ferrell? No, no, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> That's what I thought. Elf like, or Elf? I can't remember Alpha. if it's Elf or Elves. It might be Elves. Yeah, I can't remember, but I remember seeing it suggested on Netflix a while back, and I was like, I, I just never made it back to look at the description. Hey, and for any Elf lovers out there, not you know, the maybe elf. I'm only going into this because we've employed in my playing a human, and, and I have to role play that. Uh, I'm not a big fan human of the, human. The sucks. By the but way, listen, but listen, I don't know if you guys realize this or not. I just learned something very disturbing about the elves in Elder Scrolls. Oh, have you guys ever looked up the Green Pact before? Oh, yeah, yes. I know about that. Mm-hmm. Dude. Chomp, 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 baby. Cannibal elves, dude. Yeah, that is creepy. Yeah, Even their own family. Yeah, they uh, they 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 like. To eat to their, not eat the to, to save the forest, yeah, they just started eating it, each other. It, the, what up? Yeah, them Bosmer like to like to eat them. They're they're kind. They <laughs> they they they. Uh, disturbing, dude. That is disturbing. I mean, if you look at Bosmers, like you can only customize their appearance so much, and no matter how you customize it, they still look creepy as fuck. Yeah, they look like true. they do some shit like that. That's real talk. Yeah. I don't care how cute you try to make them. It's true. Dress yeah. them up in a dress, paint their face. It doesn't change it. It's in the eyes. Yeah, the eyes too. The yeah. eyes have always scared me. I remember when I first played Morrowind, I was like, dude, the elves in this game are freaking creepy. What is up? It is. <laughs> I do. I do have a, I do. I haven't played in a while, obviously, but I do have a, a wood elf because they can make him so small and tiny. Such a good character for an eye blade. God, easy. Not true. Right. Imagine if all I would need, you know what the, you know what that game needs in their shop, right? I don't want to promote them in their, their filthy little cash <laughs> shop, but if you're going to put something in the cash shop, you need to make sure you got to eat corpse emo yeah. before the Bosmer. Yeah. It needs to be there. I think they Great. may or may or may not have had like a corpse, like, you know, uh personality or whatever, but they need that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just I don't know why you don't have it, man. It's just a missed opportunity. I don't want to yeah, tell you how to make more money, but there you go. Make your character name Jeffrey Nomer while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, or or Jeffrey Bosmer. I don't know, something like that. Nice. Jeffrey Bosmer. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> it's funny shit, man. Nomer has uh, got my vote. It's, that's good. Uh, um, okay, hey, God of War. Now I, I was I saw an article and then I saw a second article and it was like they're I think it's the same one it lines with, but it's like fixing their issue. And I was like, what is that about? They're fixing their issue. And I was surprised that they're have you seen the accessibility options that they're making for colorblind and stuff like that? Like it's pretty oh, yeah. pretty crazy, man. They're like really trying to make sure that they create options so that things are visually uh well, more impactful for yeah they, they did that for um i remember last of us 2 when i first logged into that game there's a whole bunch of of accessibility options for the hearing impaired for visual impairment you know yeah. colorblind folks and i don't i'm you know knock on wood and thankfully you know i don't have any 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 mm. problems but i was impressed that a game had gone to that level to yeah. start to make accessibility yeah. an option because it hasn't a lot of the times it's kind of like not to not to disparage anyone who has a, a disability but look at it this way a re, the one of the reasons that not a lot of games come out with like a mac version or a linux version is because it's such a small amount of the user base 
right. that there's not enough budget to dedicate a development team to creating a branch just for that because it's such a small user base. So the dev time to make that version, mm-hmm. it, it, is, it can't be justified on a, on a budget perspective. So yeah. the fact that companies are willing to acknowledge that, hey, there's actually a pretty big audience yeah. of people who would love to game if they were just given accessibility options yeah. that would make it easier for them to experience these games. I'm blown away right. every time I watch a streamer with like no hands and he's got like this weird controller rigged up in his mouth where they play with their Impressive, feet and they're like dude. they're kicking ass. Really and you're like, that motherfucker, players. that motherfucker right there yeah. is winning at life. Like you yeah. might think that because they have a disability that they're, you know, in fear nuh-uh, they're winning at life. Cause yeah. I've got both my thumbs and I suck at Call of Duty. Yeah, you know, the like, competitive right. shooter guy. Is that the one you're thinking yes. of? Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, that yeah, guy's a badass, dude. Yeah, dude. I was yeah, like, dude. how people can't even do that who got fucking hands. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was like, it's you. Their ass. Yeah. That is some, like, that's like some next level shit, dude. That is like seriously next level shit. I'm like, yeah, I agree with Renfo. You are killing it in life. Right to be set up at a disadvantage like that, and go okay. Even with the handicap that I got, let me to- let me school you fools. Yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so good. I love seeing that. That is like the, the ultimate underdog story for me, though. And seeing stuff like that, it's just that's inspiration right there. Um, I guess talking Ubisoft a little bit. Um, they've had discussions around how. They there might be like acquisitions happening. The Prince of Persia remake, obviously, is something I'm really passionate about. Right. There's like something I'm I have to share about that later too. But that one's uh there's interesting, it's interesting kind of right now what's going on with that game. But Ubisoft is actually gonna be coming to PlayStation bringing 27 titles at launch too. So it looks I like yeah. Looks like they're trying to this sort of felt like we're trying to have a similar impact as maybe xboxes but with a different but you know from a developer sort of thing instead yeah that was a pretty interesting approach i mean i I do think playstation's got to try to like do something to to, yeah they do you know to sort of like balance that off is that is that a kitten back there info this is so yes it is this is the male oh nice so it's luke and leia and he oh fun just two days ago finally started purring at us for the first time and i don't know what's up with them today um they got baths this morning but chris said he was crying at the door to come in here and he's been asleep down there and he never he's never wanted to get separated from his sister so i'm i'm literally he's out so he's 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 never been this lovey w he's purring and he's like all over the the hand right now so yeah this is the he's getting comfortable he is finally they're three months old now we've had him here for about six weeks i think now and this was the one that hissed he was always hissing at us every single day for like the first like he still hisses at chris she came home yesterday after spending a night with her family and he totally hissed at her when she came in gosh dude i I love cats i got yeah finally able to get animals after all those years and so oh would you like your belly rubbed sorry i'm sidetracked yeah it's okay um i got one for you all the the, speaking remakes this is kind of like I felt like this is a good segue into remake stuff, right? So the the what I consider like the it's it's sort of this game, Final Fantasy VII, the remake, that is like 
this is the the standard, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I know some people might have like there have been issues, right? There have been issues with like how they're, you know, what was it like the PC version and all that yeah. stuff that's been going on. Fair enough, fair enough. But in terms of a remake, when you talk about reimagining how you're going to tell the story and display it, let people jump in there, explore the world. I mean, this is hands down the the best example I would come up with. Um, yeah. We didn't even hear remake until really that game anyway, I don't think, right? Not like a full, yeah. like we had re, like re Masters or yeah. remasters, yeah, like the Mass Effect Legendary, yeah, yeah the Legendary Edition of Mass Effect is a good example, but not a yeah. completely redone. Right, we're gonna spend four years and put a whole team on it and spend you know sixty million or whatever that they spent mm-hmm. to make a full. It was pretty badass if you haven't done that yet. Shit, man, that it's it's if I was gonna spend money, like if I here here's the real talk, okay. If I didn't have all, if I didn't spend all the time doing all the stuff I currently am doing, and I was gonna just disconnect from the world for like weeks, and just dig in, and I was gonna actually give myself reason to like, you know, purchase a console even potentially, like to get a PlayStation of my own or something, that game would be the one to do it for me. And I would sit down and I would jump in and I would continue the adventure every single day because it's so good, right? It's literally yeah. time that gets in the way and also i'm kind of like well i i don't feel super pressed for it because it's sort of like it's not completely done right so no because aren't they doing three parts multiple parts to tell the whole story yeah yeah we're not sure how many yet but dude the second one's probably got an announcement coming next month by the way yeah and like it that's the the second one we're we're going out into the world now which is way cooler way cooler yeah Yeah, leaving the guard yep you know what I loved about this game? If there was a game that came out on the uh, what was it called? The um, not what was the handheld called the PlayStation? Not Plus. PSP. PSP. Peter? Thank you. I had a PSP. I used to love playing on that. That was my one. Of, probably that was my favorite handheld I ever had. And I haven't had too many. I've had that, the Nintendo DS, and I think I had like a Game Boy back way way back uh, after, well after it had been relevant. I think, and. The PSP was amazing. I played like Symphony of the Night on Symphony of the Night on there, Great and that game. was such an amazing way to play it. Um, and then I uh, played Crisis Core. Mm, yeah, that was a good one. That was probably the best game on the PSP, in my opinion. Yeah, Crisis Core came out around the time that Final Fantasy Advent Children did, and then not too long after those two was Dirge of Cerberus. I, I reference yeah. these because if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan, Advent Children came out, and it was such an amazing piggyback off of the the game itself, the original game, which it, I, I, it's so good, dude. Right? Then Crisis Core comes out, and it's telling Zach's story, which he's the the soldier, the early like love interest of Aerith and stuff, right? And it tells his story, and it looked so good, and it was. It, in my opinion, had to have been the inspiration for the remake because I saw that and I watched a movie and I thought to myself, if you've already done a movie where you're capable of making it look this good and you've got a game that has an action orientation using materia in the way you do already and it looks this good, why not bring us seven like this? Right. If they had just and delivered if you remember, like that, yeah. And if you remember, Cloud looked like the Advent uh, yep. 
version until later they were like no hang on let's go back and make him look more like he did in the original because that's Mm -hmm. what the fans want but yeah like um i think and remember they teased a seven remake way before they actually did it they did the ps3 uh tech demo that showed like that opening scene that they got all hyped and um so they've been they've been pondering the right time for a long time i do still think it's weird though that they released it during the end of the PS4 cycle. That was kind of weird, you know, because, you know, like, let's say there's four of them. Let's say it takes four, which I think, I think it will. I think it'll take three, but possibly four. You know that after it's out and they've released all four, then they can re-release the game or it's one box set and it's all of them, right? And you can- edition. And that'll be cool. I'm hoping actually mainly just for nostalgia that it actually is multiple disc when they do yeah. that. How, how sick is that? Like the old school days. Oh my God. Pick out, a disc, another dude. disc in. Like I'm on disc three, baby. You know, like you uh, want a disc version, like a legit disc version, huh? Like a four disc yeah, version. I do. I do. When and they do the, when it's all over, I want it. I want a big thick ass case and I want, all four discs and you open it. It's like, you know, part one, this two, this three, this four. My brother has my, uh, Baldur's gate two edition. And I remember I freaked out when that came out. Cause Baldur's gate one was two CDs, right? Or one, I think it was actually one, but then mm-hmm. it had another one that was expensive. But then Baldur's gate three came and it opened it up. It's like four CDs. Yeah. In a single case. And it was like, at the time that was like, this is the biggest freaking game yeah. ever. It couldn't even fit on one disc. Right. Oh, yeah, you know what? You know what I've got in a box right over here next to me that I I if if we get done today and I can remember I'm gonna pull out the box just for the sake of showing it off. I have the original Final Fantasy VII game in decent condition, not the greatest hits version, right there. And it's open. If that thing was sealed and not open, you know how much money that's worth right now? <coughs> a lot. Thousands, tens of thousands of dollars people would pay for that shit. It's a real thing. Uh, I may or may not have like dabbled in collecting uh, games that were original that were sealed from back in the day that are sold as collectibles. I may or may not have dabbled in that. And by may or may not, I mean, I totally have a collection of them that I, I buy, wait, and then resell them. You can get them graded, all that stuff. Uh, it's a thing. I haven't really been dug into that for a while, but it's a, it's a really fun way to, it's kind of cool because it, you know, this is like some 40 year old virgin shit, right? But to, to have yeah. an original that is not, I totally watched that movie again recently and it was such a good time. <laughs> it was a good one. I got to the end, I was like, let the sun shine. And I was like, oh, yeah, baby, get it. <laughs> I think I still like the other one that I, I always get these two movies confused because the plot's kind of similar, but. Um, <laughs> The one where Steve Carell is the the loser <laughs> guy that makes the little mice and he gets invited to like the dinner. Oh, the, I know what you mean. Called like what was that dinner called? party for dumbasses or something for like that. Dumbasses. <laughs> but you remember, remember that, that. They, every, it was like all the rich people would like get together and they'd mm-hmm. invite the weirdest yes. person they could and who could bring the weirdest guy to dinner. And uh, the one where like people get killed or something too? They bring like a killer or something or no? Wrong one. I don't remember. Don't it's either. got Zach, dinner for it's schmucks. Got, like, that's it. Dinner for schmucks. There you go. There it is. Thanks. Man, that was such a, that was such a good movie, dude. Oh Outbreak. no, it was just a comedy of like dumb shit. I think instead, actually, yeah, dude. But I had this like fact Sanadu, and I had like some original uh, like Zelda games, like not the original Nintendo ones, but the uh, 
GameCube versions. Got like I've got Fact Xanadu back there, yeah. That's dude, a good one. that one I've got it sealed in a box, dude. Like Ooh. it's it's literally sealed, never opened. And that was a really good Nintendo game, by the way. Yeah. It's yeah. one that you don't hear nearly enough about. And it was really tough. Like that was up there with like Castlevania tough. Oh, yeah. Um what other what other games like? Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones that were like really tough at the time. Um well, Castlevania were good ones too, but you had like Kung Fu was like really tough. You had Kid Icarus was like crazy tough game as well. Yeah, Kid Icarus was hard. Right. Kung Fu, I don't remember it being hard only because yeah. it was like one of my earlier games I got. So mm-hmm. I mastered it really quick. I used mm-hmm. to beat Kung Fu after I would get ready for school um, and waiting for uh, the bus. I would just beat Kung Fu real quick and then get on the bus. It <laughs> oh was my. like my morning routine when I was a kid. Right, so uh, the next flavor of shower juice definitely needs to be called. Are you ready for it? Okay. Epine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, no. I wasn't. I'm just saying, if you start a game and it first yeah. comes out, you have yeah. like years to like your brain kind of gets warped on the uh, on the difficulty because it was, level it was like types. where you learn. I learned a game. That was like one of my yeah. first games. So I learned a game with it. It's true. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game was. Ooh, really that was a hard one, dude. Hard, hard, hard. Remember the, the Batman? One. Yeah, dude. The Batman. Batman game? That was a good game, dude. That game looked awesome. Those were good. Those were really good. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that were super Ninja good. Ninja Turtle probably the game I super good. With the most. It was so hard. That man. was tough. Batman's pretty tough too, though. Like when you get to yeah. those boss fights, yeah. man, you were like, dear lord. Like, gosh, I feel like you're punishing me for real. I thought Zelda 2 was some tough shit. I mean, Zelda 2 is pretty still pretty tough. Yeah. It is, man. I, I'm that's probably up there from one of my greatest accomplishments as a gamer. I actually beat that. I my, didn't beat it. My Couldn't it, do it. Fuck, man. You know, by the time I beat it, I remember my mom had this, you know, those big ass like TVs. That were like mm. super deep. They were like mm-hmm. the big, big screens or whatever. They had that flimsy ass. It's like, on the floor. Yeah, they so were huge like, too. They were yeah, like yeah. massive screens. But like, I remember I beat yeah. it on that dude and junior high. Finally, that's how old I was when I finally beat it. it was in junior high. Wow. And I always got to that last level and I just always got killed, man. Always got killed. But I went through and I actually played all the levels, picked up all the power ups and didn't use anything I didn't have to. All the way through, like I would take my time and I got to where I did that so well that when I got to the last level, I was prepared and I actually beat it with like two free men. Dude, I was like, oh, nice. And dude, then that was, is an accomplishment. Oh, You're, I, so I, I wish for stuff like that. We could see a percentage because you can do that with new games. You know, I know. Control. It'd be cool to see how many people's actually done that for real. Uh, legitimately too, not using the game genie or whatever. Which my brother totally used wrong so, to beat it. So you beat it in junior. So you beat it in junior high. So I don't I don't know your exact age or anything, Sam. Yeah. But you know that means the game had at least been out for at least a year, right? Yeah, I mean it was like I think it was like summer vacation, and I think Sorry. I spent like I, two I weeks joking, straight. Sam. I was joking. I'm I was trying to make a year. I was making a dig at trade. I'm saying at least been out for a year. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm 41 next month and proud. And look at this baby face doing its yeah, work. Yeah, you look later. good, man. Yeah, you're aging well. I'm a, uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. You hate having a baby face when you're in high school. Yeah. But boy, does it pay off later. That's all I got to say. Right? You, you, uh, uh, has there been any dark arts going on that helped you? Uh, 
Uh, as far as I understand things, I think he's been siphoning off some badgers here and there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I may or may not. Um, honey badgers like to say it's it's a beautiful thing. Very. <laughs> They're they're good for the soul. They are good for uh, you as a companion. They're inspiring creatures. Um, they inspire me. I guess that's where I'll leave it. I'll leave it that they inspire me. Um, although my death mage in the near future will probably tell you that they're delicious in mm. every way as like, companions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, but that's the RP thing. That's not real life. Okay, everybody. So I just need to keep that in perspective. Uh, yes. You should overlord. hang a badger in the background. Then. Be... Oh, get it like stuffed animal badger. Just yeah. have it hanging like have it hanging like right there, just like right off the side. Just... Oh, Look at that caught today, everybody. Look at that. <laughs> keep barrel on her toes. Proficient, ain't it? That sure is deli- uh They're they're great creatures. All right, Gotham Knights. Now, I think Daedalus brought this one up, right? Not too long ago, right? I think he mentioned it in the chat when we were talking about games for the fall since uh, Starfield got pushed back. You see Gotham Knights? It looks like it's going to not be... It looks like it's everything but Switch, right? Yeah, everything but Switch, and it's uh, not cross-platform, and it's two-player co-op, which is a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, we talked about that. I was hoping that that would be like four player co-op max, obviously, um, because there's four playable characters in there. But, you know, it still looks like a good time. Uh, And it's obviously it's got the same kind of style of combat like your your bat Batman Arkham series, though it's not connected to that lore wise. It does look look pretty sweet. I'm I'm hoping it fares better than some other like superhero games that came out like are you going to be Avengers. able to play it solo or is it only co-op no you can play it solo solo or two-player yeah. co-op yeah either or two-player co-op could cool be fun so i wonder how the yeah, two-player it does. Co-op and it's definitely work. looking like the different characters have different combat styles so it isn't just like okay cool you know a skin on a character and Maybe slightly different animations. It. it looks like it's a very play style. Yeah, you know, per per uh, character. Mm. So it could be very like uh, what's the word? Um, I'm thinking of the word like uh, damn it. You know, where where the synergy works really well between the two. Like it, it actually is uh, helpful to the other to have like a very different set of like. Oh yeah, complimenty. Complimentary. Yeah, complimentary. Thank you. That was yeah. it. Yeah. So, so it's not just like, you know, you both have the same shit you're running through as a different skin. Yeah, I like right. it. It's like having Batman and Catwoman running along. That's pretty cool. Cool kind of like dynamic. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was really well done in the Arkham series. I did like that, being able to swap between the two. So we got a couple last topics I wanted to hit on. I know we, we kind of hit on this one a lot. But I, I'm going to hit on this one. I'll hit on the more businessy one, right? But the, the first one was I got a couple of topics that came up on MMORPG, and I always always like seeing these things because they they you know they do cover news and stuff. But when you get these like pieces of like posing questions and thoughts to the community, I like those. Um, and this one was like what you know it's MMO side chats, what they call it, and it's what makes your favorite MMO world feel alive. So I guess number one, think of what your favorite MMO world was or, you know, what about it. And maybe there's more than one game that sort of has that. 
but that feeling alive, like what, what is it for you guys with the MMOs that, that allows you to kind of have that sense of immersion in that, that way? I think it's just the detail, right? Um, in general. So like the sound, uh, does a lot. If they put mm. in the time to make the sound really immersive, that does a lot right there. Um, yeah. but also the attention to detail just on the world itself. So like, um, if there's something in the world, is there a way not to say you can necessarily do it, but is there a way for you to investigate further and learn more about it and to find out the history and or yeah. the story and or information about that random tower, you know, or whatever up on the hill or whatever the case may be. I think that just this, it, it all comes down to how much detail did you put into it? Um, not just like I'll use classic wow for an example, right? Classic wow is a lot of fun, whatever, but it's kind of like surface level lore, right? Like there is more lore, but you need to like read books or, you know, go into different avenues to find it. If they would have baked all that into the game, it would have been even crazier, right? Like if you could have found out all these stories somehow through a certain quest, through a certain side story or uh, by talking to NPCs in the general area, et cetera, and been able to really gather. And there's a little bit of that, but not a lot. It's pretty surface. Right up. You brought up a very good point about, you know, games that that rely upon outside mediums to provide players. So Halo is another franchise that has done that because, you know, you have a lot of people who were outraged that that oh, he showed his face in the first episode of the show. And it's like, well, if if you've ever read the books or the comics or gotten outside of the video game, that franchise is deep and vast and has a lot of lore but a lot of the viewers have only ever played the video game. And that's because it's only got that surface level in the video games going on. But then if you go beyond that, it's novels and comic books and spinoff shows and all this other stuff. And I feel like if they would just put more time in and that for me is the number one thing for me is it's got to have graphics are important, but not as important to me as good lore. Yeah. And a good story, because the minute that I have to start being told that I'm going to go do a bunch of fetch quests, my oh, interest yeah. is now completely gone. This was Lost Ark. Uh, also, the story oh, of Lost yeah. Ark, because I immediately log into the game, and within the first 90 seconds, I'm told that I'm the chosen one, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the savior of the universe, nope. along with the two other million players who are going to be logged in at the same time as me. That's an immediate turn off right um one of the reasons i loved vanguard so much dead game a lot of good things that you know development wise but i started a dwarf in the area known as bordenar's cleft and that still stands out to me to this day as one of the coolest starting experiences i've ever had in mmorpg because it was its own biome within this massively multiplayer mmorpg with its own section of lore and 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 everything unique to the dwarves was about that and you could just become immersed in the dwarven lifestyle and dwarven culture and your first 20 or so levels was all about just being a dwarf before you ever went off and if you stuck with it you could go to like level 30 and never do anything else in the world other than be a dwarf and i thought that was a very unique way to do things because most other games you're by the level 10 you're shuffled off to the big city where everyone gets shuffled off i also feel that um the shire in the lord of the rings online does a very good job at this because it is one of the best starting zones i've ever seen in a game ever 
um because it's and i also feel like it's because they had so much to draw from maybe how do we yeah well the films and the books and everything like to be able to make the shire a really cool place whereas if you've ever done an elf or a dwarf arid luin is pretty fucking boring but the shire the shire is really 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 well done and you can go to like level 20 and there's you know you could deliver pies and you can you know drink beer and you could do the tavern crawl and you'll eventually get so drunk that you wake up in a random part of the world without your pants because you just got trashed one night. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of fun going on. So if there's story and lore and good writing along with, and, or good voice acting goes a long way for me. It's one of the reasons I love star Wars older public because the voice acting is top notch. Um, Those things all play. I think for me, story and lore are the big, big, big things for me. Yeah, Elder Scrolls Online does. Well, Elder Scrolls in general does a pretty good job with good voice, voice acting, acting as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sotor is really good. Um, yeah, you know, and it's unfortunate. I think about Ash as a creation. There was a couple things that came up. Like we talked about like accessibility options earlier. I totally forgot about this, and this sprang into my mind along with this other point, which was Ashes isn't going to have voice acting, at least not at launch. It's not planned to, but I'm hoping that they will. Um, because I think that would actually be that would probably make it much more immersive. But aside from that, Steven's like colorblind, so he's already got like a focus for accessibility options, which is kind of cool. It was something we didn't really know until some time back. So it's it's pretty cool what they're planning on doing there. But one thing that the Elder Scrolls Online does do right is the world. The world feels very immersive and similar to like the Lord of the Rings Online. We have reference points historically of this world, of the terrain, via art, via games, via books, whatever the case might be, that we can draw a reference from. And when you get in the game and you're there, it, it feels familiar in that sense that you've experienced this in some capacity before. And now you're there and you're looking around in the world and you sort of have this opportunity to freely run around. I think Star Wars World Republic was also like that. I remember like Tatooine, I was like running around. I was like, oh my God, it's like, you know what I mean? So there were definitely games that have that. So for me, I think environment for sure. Mm. I think voice acting would probably be a really good one too. But I think to me, ah, to me, I think even more than voice acting would actually just be the narrative as a whole. And I think what Nathan talked about with like layers of depth that are sort of that sort of exist for you to explore if you're willing to follow those breadcrumbs. I think that's yeah. it for me. So, and, and yeah. Like Elder Scrolls has always been good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, you know, it blew my mind a few weeks ago when I was playing Morrowind and I found a book literally talking about the Dragonborn. Yes. Right. Like I was like, that is so freaking cool, dude. You know, Um, but but the thing that's specifically on my mind about that was there was a story um, with Joppa uh, from Pantheon who he was talking about Mm -hmm. where he came up with the idea for the perception system, which is basically where if you go to a place you're interested in, if you start poking around, you're going to find almost like a DM telling you something that leads you somewhere. And you're going to learn more about that place through that. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the many facets of what the perception system is good for. If you think that's a cool place, you want to know more about it, start looking around, right? And see if you can't find some perception uh, type pings. But he, he was inspired by that because he was playing an MMO. They never said what it was. And he said, there's this really cool place. And he said, it just looked awesome. You could tell the developers put a lot of effort into it to make it look really cool and interesting. And then that was it. There was nothing no. else. It was just eye candy. And he, it, he 
I I can rant about that, Nathan, too, because having played Elder Scrolls Online a little bit, but not a lot, one of the things I've I've bitched about this multiple times to people in my community is you're shuffled into those instances when you're doing the storyline on a single player and the single player version, not the dungeons, but the single player story instances. And they're beautifully designed. And and there is a little bit of reusing of assets, but for the most part, they're very well designed. Mm. You know, every and you can go through all the bookshelves, and there's books in all the bookshelves, and and everything else. But that fucking compass with the waypoint on it mm. yeah. pulls people like a magnet. Yeah, and so they it, it'll take. Think about this for a minute, because I've I've done a little bit of game development. True. So you're talking at least two hundred and fifty ish man hours that i've gone into designing this little instance when you talk about all the level design and asset creation and music design and sound effects and vfx and lighting and all the stuff that goes in the shaders like everything that went into making that place look cool and players don't ever see any of the details because they're following that waypoint on the compass directly to the quest objective and then they're out and so they've wasted yeah. All that time. So I completely get where Joppa is coming from with that statement because it's a, it's it drives me nuts when I'm doing a group with someone and they just want to rush. Um, I'll give oh, you a yeah. good example of this too because I'd, I'd never played World of Warcraft before, classic, other than dabbling a couple of times. Yeah. So I was blown away when we went into – don't remember the name of the dungeon now. Um, but it's like Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost oh, Ark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta find the lost pieces of the staff, and then you stick uh, them in yeah. the table, and the so light good. comes down, and it opens up. But in that same dungeon, I think at the end of it, you find these discs. Yes. And if you read the discs, yep. and it turns out that there's this whole story, and this goes into yeah. what Nathan was talking about: surface level lore with the occasional dipping in. This is when I found out that in World of Warcraft, I found this out through in-game reading, and this is the kind of shit that gives me a gamer boner because. It, it 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 went on to describe how the the dwarves at one point in time were this elemental race of like golem slash rock elementals, and then they were given sentience. And I was like, that is so freaking cool. And they never tell you any of that Not anywhere more. in the game at all. And you're only going to know about that is if you did the quest line, and you've been paying attention to the actual quest chain, and you're reading the objects that you're picking up. Because the objects that you're supposed to turn in for that quest, if you right-click and examine it, it's actually a storyline object that gives you this whole backstory. And I'm like, I wish more games had lots of that. And I think Elder Scrolls does it pretty good um, through the various single-player games and also even in ESO, where you can open up the books and you can read actual stories that, that are just – it's just another layer of fun. Sometimes it's lore related. Other times it's just a random, mm-hmm. like a random story, you know, within the yeah. world. And sometimes they take real life people and create characters for them in the game too, and have them doing their own little narrative thing, which is like, what? Interesting. But that is kind of like, that is a hallmark to Warcraft though, isn't it? Like, especially World of Warcraft, it's like taking outside influences and sort of like capitalizing on it, whether it's people, places, things, events. I mean, you definitely see that. That was, I know exactly when you're talking about though. That one's really good. And there's even a, at the end, I think you get like a an item you go take to like, I forget where you take it. But it's also, that's in that zone. It's like Eastern Kingdoms. 
It's in like that really dry looking zone. I forget what that's called though. I have to look it up. But that I don't was remember either. That was a good quest. I know exactly what you're talking about. You had to take, I think at the end you get like, I think you can take something and go deliver it to a city or something. And there's like a little bit yeah, of you take it back to Ironforge. Right. And, yeah. And okay. You get a follow up quest. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Badlands. It's the Badlands. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you get the, you get the discs and you could take them back to like the Explorers League. And yes. that's something, by the way, that's by the way, yes. when you start. And the only reason I know this is because we, my brother and I just started dwarves the other day. And so it's fresh in my mind. The opening sequence, the animation sequence that tells you what's going on with the dwarves talks about how the current focus for the dwarves is all about archaeology and the exploration of the history and past of the dwarves. So if you pay attention to what the Explorers League is doing mm. in vanilla, yep. like there it's all about digging up the history of the dwarves and where they came from and everything else. But that's not something that's promoted as like oh. it's it's not even surface level in mm. stuff. It's like you really that those are Subtext, like you have man. To, it's deep quests that are all in dungeons and only at like the end of the dungeon and you got to do the dungeon three or four times to because you have to keep going back in to complete the chains and most people don't want to fucking do that shit they want to run and done it so the only reason i've been very blessed in my gaming experience i always run at the static groups so i'm always able to see these types of things because we're my, my friends are willing to go back in and do this kind of stuff over again because those those are the types of things that for me make a game stand out and say Mm-hmm. this is this is worth pursuing that's one of the reasons i love vanguard so much was because you had the storylines that were adventuring but then you also had diplomacy and you had crafting and each one of those had storyline arcs and if you really went through all of those the storylines connected in the lore of what was going on with all the cities and the crafters versus the it was just crazy level storytelling going on narrative baby yeah and you know um one of the things I was going to say about World of Warcraft, too, is like in the earlier like it retail, in my opinion, it, it's a, it sucks, man. Now it really does. It sucks, man. It's, it's it's a far cry from where they were back then, because all the little details in the dungeons, in the quests and the environment, like in the rate, like you're you're doing this. So you're going to get to see like, wow, World of Warcraft was doing a lot of really amazing things. They did some great things right and then you you see what's going on in retail. You go you go from classic and playing like that original World of Warcraft like era stuff, and then you play like the way things are done now. And it for me does really feel like there's like something of the heart of that depth and passion that they put in that's not there anymore. Yeah, the lost magic's the, gone. Yeah, I think it was probably lost in the cataclysm. Um yeah, it's it's a yeah. Cataclysm is definitely where that started. The, 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 but you know what? Some MMOs launch and never even have it. So at least World of Warcraft did have it at, yes. for a while. For a long while, there was a good long run that it had it. Um, many MMOs are coming out with no magic. Actually, quite literally, uh, some are coming out with literally no magic. Uh, so. You know, PCs. Strange, man. Sometimes they're, uh, yeah. Sometimes the uh, characters, sorry, um, tables sometimes, are. Sometimes the arc's just not there for some games. Right. Members lost its warmth. Tripped yeah. Into the. So here's a set, here's our final topic, guys. This was a good one too. Do you feel like you get good value out of your MMO subscriptions, and what? do we think is a good 
monetization method when it comes to subscriptions. Like what is included? Like, should they raise the price? If they keep it where they're at, like what could be supplemental that is like acceptable uh, to us? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that. I've watched Go, an man. interview. I watched an interview today, actually, with uh, Yoshi P of uh, mm. Final Fantasy XIV fame. But he's also over Final Fantasy Eleven now. And uh, Final Fantasy XI is actually, as far as I know, someone correct me if I'm wrong, the only MMO on the entire market that has no cash shop, period. There is none. There's never been one. There never is Which one. Which one? They, Final Fantasy XI. It's just you pay your oh, subscription. yeah. That's right. it. Um, that's all there is. Uh, but uh, he was talking about why he liked the subscription model, uh, and he was saying, I like it because it keeps the developers focused. Because typically, with all – well, he didn't say typically. He said with all companies – when you're in board meetings, it's about profit. How much money are we taking in? How much can we spend? And where do we spend the money? He was like, but when it's subscription only, your player retention is your profit. So it always drives the developers to try to make good decisions because yes. if they lose the players, they lose all the money. They can't say things like, oh, well, we're losing subscribers, so let's release a bunch of cash shop crap or let's try to force the players to spend right. more money on cash shop so we can raise profitability this quarter. Um, there is none of that. It's all just keep the players here, keep them engaged, make them enjoy our game, mm -hmm. give them stuff to do, content, 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 and and et cetera. Mr. Will. Yeah, so that, to me, I can't think of any other model, and I do think they're going to have to raise it. Um, yes. It's been $15 a month since the beginning of time. Right. Yeah, so, so you know, it's going to have to go up, um, and, and I'm okay with that, um, especially if it means less cash shop. Absolutely. Cash Shop's here to stay, but let's at least less. Cash Indeed. Shop, like Classic WoW, would be fine with me, right? Where, yeah, you could pay for some character stuff, you know. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of boosting, but whatever. You know, you've got you've got some options with your character, but it has nothing to do with items in the game or anything like that. It's just, yeah. you know. I'm on the same boat with that, because I've talked about this before in the, my Mondays and RPG show, where I said, um, I think, you know, inflation's gone up, rent's gone up cost of living has gone up, wages have gone up, subscriptions have stayed the same. I mean, I feel like we should definitely be spending $25, $30 a month for subscriptions, except that we still have Netflix and Hulu and right. Paramount Plus and HBO, all of these services offering a much greater array of entertainment than a single MMORPG offers for less than an MMORPG. I mean, especially you're looking at Disney Plus and Netflix getting ready to do ad-based subscription right. options that are on the budget end for the budget friendly people, you know, that are probably going to be down in the $10 a month range. It's hard to beat $10 a month for hundreds of hours of entertainment. Now, the one thing I'll always say is that for me, if a game has a sub option and I like the game, I will 100% all of the time pay a sub. EverQuest 1, EverQuest 2, Lord of the Rings Online, yeah, World of Warcraft same. being good examples. I've done it with Final Fantasy 14 a few times that I've played it. Um, but the yeah. game has to have. I won't, I will not, I shouldn't say I won't, and Star Wars Republic is the other one, by the way. I will rarely pay a subscription if it's a game that I'm playing by myself. But oh, if it is yeah. a game that I'm going to be playing with my brother or other people, I will happily play a subscription, pay a subscription, I should say, to that game because I know I'm going to get dozens of hours of entertainment every single week and I'm going to be doing it with other people. If it's a game that I'm just going to be playing by myself, I'm not going to bother giving you any money because I'll probably only be playing it five or 10 hours a week. And that's not enough to justify it, especially if you're giving me the option to play it for free, then I will take that option and run with it. And I'll be one of the people that just leeches off of your whales. Um, 
But I, I love subscription models because I like having everything. Um, and that's, you know, I saw so many people over the years bitching about Lord of the Rings Online. And yes, their yeah. free-to-play version sucked ass. It sucked yeah, ass. Dude. And they nickel and dimed you for everything. Pony up and pay 15 bucks a month. And guess what? If you pay in blocks, pay three months, you get it for 10 bucks a month if you pay for a block of three months. If you pay for six months, you can get it for like eight bucks a month. Like if you're so fucking cheap that you can't spend 10 bucks a month to play a game, fuck off. Like no offense. By the way, that sounds very first world. And I apologize to those people who might be in countries like Mexico where $10 a month is a lot more than – right. Right. You know, there is there is a, some context to that that commentary. What I'm getting at though is that the people who complain that a subscription is too much to pay, it's not when you consider the amount of entertainment you're going to get out of an MMORPG yeah. if if it's something that you're going to enjoy playing and you're going to spend dozens of hours per week because it comes down to pennies, pennies yeah. per hour or you know that you play those games and if you like the game, you need to be supporting the developers. Like end of story. You know, and they have to figure out a way to keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that too. But you Daedalus? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with all of you guys, right? I think the subscription model is a way to go. I mean, I have never had, I would say very rarely, let me not say never, but very rarely have had a good experience in a free-to-play game because yeah. there's that kind of pay-to-win element most of the time. Uh, pay to convenience most of the time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I would be totally okay with, you know, having that $15 a month mark. I, I tend to disagree that it should go up if, again, if if you do what we've talked about on the panel already, is if you produce something of good quality, you're going to make your numbers with that $15 a month. And I think less and less have we seen, um, at least games that are out there, those developers really pushing to get to that better content. It's a lot of times, I mean, I'm just going to go with my blizzard, you know, Mm. my, my blizzard game rant, right? It's the same shit recycled over and over with a new skin, every new expansion. Mm. Oh, we have this new system. Well, it's not really a new system. It's just slightly tweak what you did in last expansion. That wasn't really that great to begin with. Mm. And so in that case, right. Now you have to add on these other things. And and now, granted, Ashes of Creation isn't out yet, right? And I'm not white knighting this, but I do really like the fact that there's no box cost. Right. It's a monthly sub. There's a shop, but it's cosmetic only. And at this point, right, until proven otherwise, it's going to have a same quality that you can get in the game world, right? It might just be a different spin on what you can find and to me that's the that's the right level i don't want to pay for bag slots i don't want to pay for currency i don't want characters extra characters i mean i don't even want an option to transfer a character and pay for it i don't Uh, want an option to rename a character and pay for it i mean all those things yeah all those things especially in a game like ashes if you have something Mm -hmm. like that in there that's game breaking unless you say Okay, you can transfer your dude, but you're butt ass naked and you're broke as you know what moving to your <laughs> right? right? That'd be um, and you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna start over. Yeah. yeah essentially also, you're gonna start over you're to uh, outside of level. Right. Yeah. There's also something to be said too for a game needs to have enough content to justify paying a subscription. Mm-hmm. If you don't have yep. NPCs, 
You're talking to tables <laughs> and you've got six to eight zones Shit. and that's all you've got to offer your players is like maybe a dozen zones at most, including dungeons. Like that's not enough to justify a, a $50 box cost and a monthly subscription. You it's not even that. enough. That's not even enough for just a subscription either. No. Um, even if it wasn't a box cost, box cost. And to be honest, that is my only gripe with that game. I understand they're developing it and they need more time. That's fine. My problem is, is that they're claiming they're going to launch it and you want box money cost. Yeah. Uh, you want you want uh, you want a subscription like, dude, that's crazy. You're not. And even, I'm going to yeah. fight like hell for nobody to fall for that. You yes, know? absolutely. Yeah, I'm not throwing my money in the fire and watching the embers adrift. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what's the name of that? What's the name of that sci fi? It's a it's a space sim. Survival game. Uh, it's in early access. Mm-hmm. It, you build spaceships and you fly yeah. around. Um, it one. also is sub only, no box cost. And I can't, I tried it. I, I I did like a three month block, and, I, and it wasn't for me. Um, God, I wish I could remember the name of it right now. It's it's like it's not Eve on. It's not it's like a, not an Eve Online clone, but it's very much a sort of like. I mean, it's a European company too, and I can't remember the name of it now. But th- that game. I probably should go look it up so I'm not speaking out of my ass about what the name of it is. But that game having only a uh, a sub, no box cost, just a sub. Like there's no other way to play the game. You have to pay a sub, but it's like 15, 10 or 15 bucks a month. But there was already the fact that it's all procedural, right? You can log into the game and you're getting access to hundreds of planets and hundreds of hours of things to do for that monthly mm-hmm. subscription. It's a justifiable cost um, at that point because you actually have all this stuff to do. I mean, I think Valheim could get away with it too. Instead of charging a upfront cost, they could just switch it over and make it sub only. And I think Valheim would succeed because there's so much to do in that game that you could keep people going for a very long time on a subscription. But you got to have content. You yeah. got to have stuff for people to do. Otherwise, they're going to log in. They're gonna they're gonna burn out in a week to two weeks, and they're gonna immediately disappear to the next thing because Nate, nobody got time for that shit. Like, if you want me to, if you want to earn my subscription, then you have to prove do it on merit. That, yeah, it's it's merit based. It's it's trust based. Like, you yes. gotta earn my knee pads. You gotta um, earn those. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you, man. Like, that's 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 where I'm at too, right? Like, I I don't. I, I'm okay with like the normal subscription. I like subscription models where you can like, Hey, I could pay for three months, six months, nine months or 12 months at a time. And it's discounted rate at that, you know, but I'm locking my money in as well. Like, I don't mind that. I think that's a pretty cool way to go about it. Um, but for me, uh, I, I totally agree for me, a subscription, uh, it, then you're going to need to be able to show me that the subscriptions going to provide me with, enough consistency and content and that means that uh if you release a game patch it's it's included right like the one of the things i don't i i think that you know like the elder scrolls online does this other games do it we have a, a content patch that comes out it's included for subscribers i don't really care a whole lot for like bundling up dlc so that they're purchasable i don't like you know i understand like expansions and like the game themselves and everything i don't care for cash ops where i don't care for heavy cash ops i prefer that i am earned like i am paying you 
to play your game or I'm paying for the game, buying the expansions and paying for the subscription while I'm playing because I am enticed because of the quality of the content that exists to continue playing, right? It's enjoyable, right? It's entertainment. And I'm continuing to be entertained by the content. Like, and that's on yeah, the developer wish, to determine. I wish, I wish a game would come around, right, yeah. and be like, um, you know, doing a subscription cost, and but we would like there to be a little bit additional income, but we don't want to do a cash shop. So how about we sell things? Our game is so good, people will want to buy stuff for the game, right? So sell freaking T-shirts, models. Um, oh, I don't yeah. know if you guys remember, there was that company that used to do, and they had to obviously get permission from Blizzard to pull this off. Oh. I thought this was the coolest thing. You could go get your character in the armor you're wearing at that right. moment and get a printed figure of your yes. character. Yes. That it was, was expensive, cool. That was cool. That is, that's probably the coolest thing I've ever seen that you could go purchase and use your money and buy something related to your MMO. I thought that was genius. It was like Hero Forge, but with your yeah. character. You uploaded you your... Them, um, you could make them be doing different things or whatever. Yeah. And then, you, and then they printed it for you and sent it to you, which yeah. you know, now we got 3D printers that, and stuff. But like that was so cool. Yeah, it was around the time that the mobile app or whatever, or maybe even the website, you could like put them in poses too. Because I remember like you could go into your uh, armory, whether it was online or on your app, you could like put them in a pose like combat or whatever. And like that was around the time that they were like, hey, you know, choose how you want character look and we'll get the the literal figure of it sent to you. Yeah, that was super cool. But I think just in general, like really capitalizing on merchandise, like there's lots of ways. I mean, Ashes of Creation's already they've got some good plans. They got like pop uh like Funko Pop toys or whatever, like little plushies. Like they're, they already sort of like showcase some of the like merch that they were working on getting done. Um, and it looks like it'll be pretty significant. Like I, that's cool, man. Cause like Blizzard did that, right? That's the thing Blizzard did well, I think, is like you go to a BlizzCon. That was the thing. It was like you picked up new shirts, you got posters, you had, and you can even do the limited edition stuff too. So it like incentivizes people like, um, uh, what do you call it? Those, uh, the damn lithographs, right? You can get limited number of lithographs right. or whatever that are, you know, very limited quantities, like things like that, like their Ilden, Illidan like statue that there were only X amount of and you had to get them, right? So you're guaranteeing because your player base is going to want it so bad that it will sell. And you recognize that that revenue is going to provide you with what your goal was to begin with. Like, so you've got those types of things that are how you're generating that additional income. And then you have a really minimal cash up like that to me is like bread and butter basic. It's tried and true. And it just feels way more honest for me yeah. as a person. They, paying. they could be really cool stuff. And this is something I just thought of. So obviously you could take it more in depth. But yeah. like imagine if like that Illidan model you're talking about. Right. Mm. Imagine if they knew they only had limited amounts of copies of it. Right. And I don't remember the number, but I'm just going to say let's say they have 10,000 of some really cool model. Right. And uh, it's going to be a limited run. What if they tied it into in-game things? Like, hey, you got to buy it, right? You got to pay for it. It's, you know, they're, it's not cheap to make stuff like that. But you got to buy it. But uh, you all, your character that you, you know, because it's tied to your account to go into our store to buy it, mm-hmm. has to have beaten this certain uh, raid. And then you have the so the first ten thousand people to beat that raid have the option to buy this limited edition thing. Oh my um, god, dude! You do some really cool stuff. That's with cool, that. dude. Tie people into wanting to play the to game. Be eligible. And do that. 
to be eligible to oh get this limit. And then you've so got to good. sit behind you. So I, dude, I was one of the uh, top you know, 10,000 people that do that. You know, that's cool. It's like a trophy. It's like a trophy only you're only eligible for if you completed the end game content. That is badass. I love it's that idea, badass. dude. I'm going to make a note of it. Yeah, I've already I've already squared that one away for my brother. That's it's that's so good. Not gonna lie, Nathan, I'm stealing that idea. Same. Steal away. That's cool that's stuff. Same, dude. It, that's it so good. Back in the game. It makes you do stuff. You Freaking know? merit, and dude. I love everything merit based, and that is 100 yeah. percent merit based. You're still gonna buy it. You know, it's not but, free. Yeah, but, but it's merit. You know, but then you're gonna want to buy it because you're absolutely. Shit. I, there's only so many of them. This is gonna be worth a fortune one day, and I'd love to have it sitting behind oh me so God, I can brag I about it. it. You know. See, if only, like, we're over here going, oh, this is a great idea. You AAA fools could be doing <laughs> this and making tons of money right now in a much yeah, more honest fits. way. You don't have to do blockchain NFTs and all the other bullshit everybody else is doing. You lazy bastards. Yep. <laughs> it, it's basic. It's not that hard, right? Like, and here, and, and interestingly enough, this idea didn't come from the people who make ten, like hundreds of thousands or more a year to, to come up with the ideas that came from Nathan on this show. Yeah, the guy who's about to go broke trying to go full-time on YouTube. Like, yeah. Come on now. You guys are getting yeah. paid for good ideas. Come on. I know. Like, seriously, nobody wants to buy a shower juice. Everybody shuns the, somebody, the loot box game. shower juice. Yeah, though, I, I mean. sold a copy. Look, man, I see a white bottle. I do not see anything Nathan Napalm branded. No, There's we don't, no we words. don't brand it. No, we don't brand it. Okay. No. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, <laughs> no, man. We see you. We see that. We see what you're doing there. That doesn't count. There's no no branding. Okay. Well, we branded it at first, and people felt a little weird. They were, they <laughs> you know, they, they didn't want their mailman to see that they were buying it, et cetera. So we just decided to make it, you know, uh, white market follow. Right. Very discreet. So you can enjoy it and not have people judging you for it. I, I keep it on the side of my desk. It's useful for many different situations. Oh, is it? Okay, so it's a uh, never mind. Okay, it's older. Doubles up as a lubricant on that. Oh, there it is. Okay, okay, I didn't say it. <laughs> I was curious. Now we know. Too late. Why I couldn't jump on your grenade. It's from all my sweat. Uh, awkward. Natural, a natural lubricant. This didn't come from me. I'm just the guy hosting the show, and this is not <laughs> scripted. <laughs> okay casting couch coffin whatever you want to call it that was not my i did not that is, i didn't have any part in that well you technically did have a part in it because no. you had to sign, we all had to sign the nda oh, your signature is included in that there is no nda yeah. okay watch somebody watch watch you tomorrow know, I'm for my royalties for that right. gem too because i haven't gotten any right royalties next yet. next week we're gonna have like renfeld going oh i got i got one right there do you see i have this he's gonna have a handwritten the damn thing and i'm gonna be like it's not real right <laughs> yeah it doesn't you, have my you, signature it doesn't have shiz you thought the amber heard trial was in depth wait until we get into pulling out all the uh the evidence we're gonna be submitting <laughs> In depth or in depth? I couldn't hear what oh, you said. Oh, nice. In depth. Okay, I'm going to leave right. it there. Do you know why? Because I want to go play V Rising now. Okay, thanks. I'm ready. No post show today. Not sorry. Community night tomorrow is going to be fantastic. V Rising. We're going to go tear some shit up. You're all welcome to join us if you want to. It's an awesome time. Be sure to join us over in our Discord.gg forward slash. My name, Simorg. That's where all things, this podcast and all the other things are at. Welcome to join us there. 
With that being said, I'm going to go down the row here. We're going to let Renfell, Nathan, and Daedalus shout out the domains where you can find them when not on the show. Renfell. All right. So there's a couple of different things I'll promote here. Um, first and foremost is all things Weave in the Void because we are almost ready to kick things off. We just did our fourth session of character creation this last Sunday. We'll be back again this upcoming Sunday, and then we're getting towards the, the campaign. Um, which is kicking off in June. Book's coming out June 1st. You can still go over to the Patreon page. We've had a surge of new people the last few days, which has been pretty awesome. So you can get that pre-ordered, patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits. And it's everything about that world map behind me, the weave and the void. There's the book series, the fifth edition uh, tabletop setting, and of course the point and click game as well. Um, now the other stuff is my personal YouTube and uh, we're doing we're layering lots of different stuff on youtube.com forward slash Renfield. Big thing is on, we do Tuesdays, we do Lotro. Fridays, we do a multi-stream event with, I think they're here in chat as well, but it's myself, Nathan, Bounty Code, and Sparrow, or I think we're in chat, and along with Kel and Vendini, we're playing Project 1999 on the green server every Friday night from 5, 5.30 p.m. Central for four or five hours. So tune into that, and then we're kicking off on June 2nd a group-based gameplay multi-stream of myself, Nathan, Nathan's wife, Winter, uh, Sparrow, and my brother playing World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade, on the march to classic Wrath of the Lich King this fall. And then starting May 25th, TLP, baby, EverQuest, Yellenax server. Lots of stuff happening there as well. So I'm streaming pretty much every single day now, morning sessions, 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., leveling Warcraft with my brother, and then stuff in the afternoon and evenings as well. So check all that stuff out. That's my spiel. Nathan. Yeah. So I'm involved in a lot of that. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out. We've avoid stuff and uh, uh, also our P99 that we're doing Fridays. Also, come check out because uh, you got Sundays. So you got Sunday and Monday. You can get a bunch of D&D stuff because you got our Weave and Void, which is homebrew. And then you can come over on Monday evenings. I do. Uh, I'm running an official D&D campaign uh, with uh, Ronick, uh, one of the developers from Panther Rise of the Fallen, is in my party. Uh, so come give him a little grief because he dies all the time. So um, not not in D&D, but uh, in, in Pantheon, he's known for dying. So come give him a little grief. And also... Big announcement for me is next week is my final full week of working for the man. I am, yeah. uh, I, I'll, I'll have nice Monday dude. and Tuesday, but on June 1st, bam, I work for me. Uh, and uh, you actually is who I work for. Uh, so I'll be going full time on YouTube. So I'll be streaming every single day, uh, several videos per day, plus streaming. Um, and just, you've never seen a full napalm before, but you're about to. And, and I would like to say that whenever the Dragonlance books come out, there will be something happening around all that. And the yes. four of us still need to get together for our Baldur's Gate 3 thing sometime yeah, in the next month or Baldur's two. Gate. Yes, absolutely. Next month or two. Aidless? All right. You can uh, find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. That, my friends, is the end of our show. And Cheryl was actually asking in Discord earlier, what's the record for the longest show? We hit right at three, just a touch. Yeah, three, three, a little over three hours one time. So I don't know. It takes a lot to, to hit those markers, but not writing it off is not possible. We'll break it sometime in the future. But, right, we may be wait, at the. Wait till, ashes, wait till Ashes comes out. Oh. And or Pantheon. We'll, 
Oh, we might be yeah. all night. We may, you guys will be passed out at your keyboard like the old days, and we're still yeah. That see, we do the Ashes Pathfinder <laughs> podcast, so like that's. I feel like we get we get a lot of stuff out there, but oh, I feel it's like, gonna spill over. Oh, it's gonna yeah. Spill over. I'm talking yeah. about after launch, dude. Mm-hmm, that we yeah. get. Oh my gosh. Yes. We'll probably be playing it while we're talking to you guys. A <laughs> <That> game. <laughs> the thing is, is like, yeah, I feel like we we're probably gonna get to a point with that podcast where it's more focus on the news specific stuff and very specific things yeah Yeah, and then we just are like probably ranting more here about all the other things like good times and all that jazz but okay that's our show right before we uh we kind of wind it down too far i gotta say whether or not you catch us here live right or you are uh watching on youtube or any of the places listening to it um just want to say shout out to all of you for tuning in for for keeping the fire lit so to speak um we were always looking for more to join the party rants of plenty until next week live your best lives walk in the light have a great night friends we're gonna see you next time bye for now take care everyone nerdscastingcouch.com <laughs>